churning, engorge. Those are very John Thire words. I'm just. Oh, it was a good sandwich. It was the sandwich. It was the go- the go- the beautiful sandwich. 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 get it at some point i'm sure but this is not the time. just like how we didn't actually think of yeah. how are we doing game of game of the decade i don't know <laughs> fuck it we'll figure it out next time yeah like Rhett's over here too busy his mind is so far up anime of the decades ass i can't get him to think of anything else <laughs> he's going to have the most well-informed view of any of us i, I, think I kind so. of broke yeah. last night of like listen okay i think think i've kind of hit a saturation point of oh right oh watching yeah. these shows not now let's, let's watch a different anime let's watch a new to me anime yeah let's rewatch the That's first how... season and then watch the new season no i see i didn't even do that oh, oh. man right. slacking slacking yeah because that show came out like in 2018 it's fine i remember it okay there's like one of the shows i was like oh i should rewatch that was like promised neverland and it's like that came out this last summer. Yeah, that's it, probably recent enough. It's recent enough, dog. You don't have to rewatch literally everything on your right, list. Right. I'm literally like, oh, Attack on Titan, um, oh. season two's out. I should just, I can just start with season two, right? I watched the first one in 2014. I can probably just honestly jump with in. that one. I think you'd be fine. Yeah, it's not very, it's not too complex. I think. Yeah, at, so like, I, think see, I got at to a that point. point in the story. It's yeah. not that complex. Yeah, mm. like, and I just kind of like decided at some point. Man, I am just not watching season three, am I? Ah, uh, are you? Are you out? Or I just think I'm just out. I think I'm Why? just out. I, oh, dude, what? I went like, if for some reason when I went and started thinking about Animu, um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. the, the, this week for some reason I was just like looking at my list of things that I need to watch and Attack on Titan 3 was there and I was just like man I just don't give a fuck <laughs> it just hit, it just hit me with so much apathy that I was just like yeah I'm, I think I'm done here no I've been there I feel you okay I'm not going to bug you about it right now I want to see how season 4 goes yeah that's that's kind of what I might turn around afterwards it might turn around but as of right now at, at see, the, the thing end is like of season 2 i'm just kind of like yeah i don't really care <laughs> there's a reason people all start freaking out and loving that show again with the back half of season 3 mm. like it really does turn around yeah my thing is just like once the once the last season is out, and if we want, if yeah. some people watching, it's like, oh yeah, it, it lands really good. Then that's yeah. time to. Yeah, like, like I'm I'm willing to people. I'm I'm willing to give it that. Um... It's it's weird for me doing the decade list because it is so up in the air right now. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like, boy, you have like, you've shot a layup. Let's see if it actually lands in the in the next decade. 
Yeah, like with my like God, with Made they have this. like that show ends with like two episodes that are just like here's what's actually happening. It is like the biggest lore dump I've ever seen. It's fucking incredible. They finally go like, to the basement after 800 years. They do go to the basement. <laughs> okay, and then and then there's a fucking lot down there. Uh oh. <laughs> you know what? I it, bet they won't find down there. They're not going to find Soxcast episode 110. Oh my God, I forgot we were doing a podcast for people. (laughs) We were just chatting about anime. I mean, like we always do. Yeah. Like we always do. So episode 110, we are, that's 10% towards 200. That's true. Think about that. How quickly those 10. It's 110% towards 200. Exactly. That's it's two hundred. I always feel like one hundred is a big deal because you're hitting three digits, mm-hmm. but then two fifty is kind of the next milestone. You think two fifty is the next milestone? Because then you're a quarter of the way towards a thousand, and that's fucking crazy. You don't and think, halfway towards five hundred. You don't think two hundred of something is a big deal when they're like think, three hours long? I think two hundred is a big deal, but I always feel like two fifty kind of gets celebrated a bit more in things i think i think every 100 episodes is a milestone and then 250 is an additional milestone because it's halfway to 500 yeah so it's 100 200 250 300 400 500 420 420 420 420, obviously no we skipped 420 episode for when i first do weed yeah that's gonna be great that's gonna be great because that's gonna be what let's see it took us five years to do 100 Oh, God. <laughs> oh, don't even do the math on that. Now I'm scared. <laughs> We're going to be 60. And still Aww. doing this bullshit. Because we love each other. I mean, John won't, but we will. What? No, I love y'all. He'll get fired at some point. It's oh, just, okay. It almost happened this last year. <laughs> With Shovel Knight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh my god. To my Well, of course we are brought to you as always by Moon Pies. Moon Pies the Kingdom Hearts of Snack Cakes. Uh to my meet virtual right. What do I think of next? It's Rhett. Hi. Hey. I can't think of anything besides anime right now. Right, I wonder why. I bet we'll probably get again. Yeah, uh... Speak Japanese to me. I could. Arigato. Oh, gee. I, I could, but I'm not a show-off. Nice. To my immediate virtual so left, Remix! It's John Fire. Hi, Polly. Hey, can you smell that? It's the smell of victory. Oh, shit. Did you do it? Nope, but it's close. <laughs> I can smell it. It's so close. It's tantalizing, isn't it? It's the odor. It's the, the sweet nectar of victory. It's so close. It's just wafting away. And any minute, it's going <laughs> to be right within my grasp. I'm going to snatch it and then chow down. It's going to be great. It's going to be so you, sweet. Are you just going to stream after we do the podcast? Probably not. I'm probably going to just oh. play Switch. <laughs> like, I might. That would be fun. Yeah. I just want like a, a six-hour stream where it's like, you win and this ends, or you don't <laughs> You don't stop till you win. <laughs> I, w- I want that 6 a.m. delirious yeah. John Thire energy. I want that welcome to the machine stream <laughs> energy. For those that don't know. You're not going to get that because I will win within like, if I streamed it, I would win within like an hour. I'm so close. Then do it. 
Yeah, do it. Yeah, do it. Hour. Doing it for cool. Yeah, like I let. Yeah, like give me like an hour to edit the podcast so that I can do that. Okay, we'll see where. Yeah, we'll see where I'm at. We'll see. We'll see what we can do there. Are you Are you working tomorrow? Yeah. Oh boy, this could be. This could be real bad. (laughs) If I need to stop, and then I can do it tomorrow evening. Yeah, if you need to be a big gigantic baby, sure. (laughs) I'm so close, y'all. It's so. It's so tantalizing. That big circle thing's like the last boss, right? The big circle thing, yeah, the and then there's an extremely, thing, there's, extremely difficult escape sequence. Extremely tight, strict escape sequence. I did drill it 15 times in a row without dying, uh-huh. so nice. I feel pretty confident that I can make it. And I and I, I and then I beat the last stage from start to finish three times in a row without dying. So Are I we think I'm got... talking about Life Force now. I'm talking about yes. Life Force for your arcade. That's my first thing. I mean, we're just we're just in it. Is what we're I'm just saying. in it. We're, we're in just it. in it. So what have you been doing, John? It's like Life Force. <laughs> Life Force. <laughs> That game is pretty good. Yeah, I like it a lot. So there's three arcade releases. There's the original uh, Arcade Salamander, which mm, came out in Japan. Yeah. That one that one did not have an extensive organic theme. No. The first stage was, but then it kind of was just a normal Gradius successor after that. This came out between Gradius 1 and 2. So it's sort of like the middle game yeah. of that trilogy in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they came out in the States as Life Force. And what they did was they... Um, they had this really cool organic theme in the first level, and then they were like, you know, what if we just kind of spread, make this the whole game? So they made, they just took the space background from the other levels and just turned it into like blood vessel webbing. And kidney <laughs> It's stones. like, now you're in a body. You're in a body this whole game it's now. A, it's a very weird body, though. Yeah, it's like the kidney Especially stones like... are, the kidney stones are like in the stomach or something, or in the throat. That's not where kidney stones go. They don't go in the throat. The stomach is just fire. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the fire level that always really Well, that's one that I can relate evolution. to personally. I can relate <laughs> I can I can relate to heartburn uh, of that degree. See, we're talking and with the liver with the liver level stage 4, they just do nothing. They don't even try. It's hilarious. <laughs> it just looks the same. Um so the four the six great. stages Narf put it in the chat. It's kidney, stomach, liver, lung, brain are the last five. Yeah. The first one is muscle zone. (laughs) Now, I'm thinking, you look at those other ones, kidney, stomach, liver, lung, brain, you're kind of moving up the body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, in level one, it's the muscle zone, and it kind of contracts a bit. It's the butt muscles. It's the butt Butt muscles. Yes. It has to be the butt muscles. You're going up the butt. Yeah. And then you fight a brain at the end, so you're fighting some guy's other brain. Yeah, yeah. you're going you're going from yeah, your butt to brain. Butt to brain. The butt to brain adventure that is life force. Yeah. But the story's not over. Because then they came out with a new version in Japan called Life Force, which oh. takes which just like makes it a lot more organic. Like they, they actually made like the stage two boss look they took a bunch of mechanical-looking parts and made them look organic. Um, they made more changes to the background. They stayed, changed stage four more. They um, um, they made the fire blue and called it stomach acid. Yeah, it's stomach acid now. Oh. <laughs> so you're playing the second release then? I'm playing the original U.S. release of Life Force, so that's yeah. the one I'm on. The, the, and the then, kind of the half and half kind of. We yeah. we're almost there, but we we haven't fully committed. Slash didn't have the time. And then they made the NES game, and then they, which they just made really good. 
Yeah. And that's a really good one where they it's like 10 minutes longer. They added more stages. They took out the two stages that had zero terrain that were just enemies mm-hmm. and, and replaced them with like fleshed out stages. Um, and I haven't played and they made the stage four boss good. Um, oh, God. Yeah. And that's the one I'm not playing because I was like, I'm going to play the harder, worse version. And it's going to be great. <laughs> Well, and I mean, I'm that's thinking... like literally the John Fire way of I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna play the worse version. I want more arcade one CCs. Look, arcade one CCs are great. A lot of my friends are into that, so it's 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 mm-hmm. like it's fun. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm getting. I, I can always go back to the NES versions of these games later and get the get that full experience. Mm-hmm. I'm just this is what I'm after right now. I'm trying to edge my way into this territory because mm-hmm. it's so hard. It's so hard. Those games I, are meant to not play nice. I know, and I'm, that's what I mean. And I'm trying to... But it, it's only been like a week, and I'm almost done with Life yeah. Force. So if I can do that, then I can do... Then I can keep, I can do anything. It took me one month to be able mm. to 1cc Gradius 3 Arcade on factory yeah. settings. Oh. So you're doing pretty good in terms of like pulling off Arcade 1ccs. Like my friend uh, Elrock617... That's sort of like his main thing on his channel, a- apart from speedrunning, is that he does 1ccs of arcade games. A lot of beat-em-ups. Uh, he's not typically like a shmup or a platformer kind of guy, but he does uh, beat-em-ups. A- 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 and you see a lot of the same kind of forces at work that work in um, uh, a shoot-em-ups with regards to things like rank. And you see how that can affect like mm-hmm. different genres and stuff. So it's like being able to triumph over these games is no small feat. Yeah, uh, Gradius three in a month seems Ugh. pretty magical to me. Anyway, I feel yeah. I feel like you played quite a few of these before you got to the point where you could do that. Yeah. That game seems. I somebody showed me Cube Rush and explained. Oh God, me fuck Cube Rush. Cube Rush. It's so <laughs> bad. Like, it's like, it's like oh. as, way. It's like more random than that Life Force um, thing. Right? Yeah, but it's like forty minutes into the run. Yeah, it's Ugh. like it's so deep into that game that it's utter misery. And like that whole game is about just keeping a mental tab on where you think you're at in the rank and knowing when to let the option eater eat your options to like take <laughs> that rank down by a few thousand just to kind of get things to back off a little bit. God. Because like you, you don't want to have full. Uh, you, I don't think you ever want to have full options. And you don't want to have three for more than like a minute and 20 seconds or the game is just going to go completely nuts on you. God, that's so weird. What a John. weird, what a weird, that's the one where they, they, all the devs like made their own level yeah. and got really good at it. Oh, and geez. nobody, nobody actually played the whole game before releasing it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they played and they could beat their own levels individually. And then they just kind of slapped them into the game. <laughs> Do any of of the Salamander releases use the Gradius power-up system? Uh, Yes, some of them do. The Japanese Life Force did. I don't know about the original Salamander. The US Life Force doesn't. No. The NES game does. It's weird. Because the NES game seems based on the American release where it has, like, the red fire, basically. Yeah. No, the NES game, but it also pulls stuff directly from the Japanese arcade Life Force. Like, a lot of the aesthetic changes, so... It's a whole yeah, I remember journey. like the stage two boss being really mechanical and looking the same in the version you're playing right now. Mm-hmm. I, don't know I looked it up. Changed. I looked it up online. And I was like, "Oh, cool! They, they changed it." I um, had no idea there were quite so many revisions of this game. Yeah, it's, it it's, went. It's wild. 
they just they just invented this whole aesthetic and then punched it up through subsequent versions. When the first one was just like, yeah, we made another Gradius thing. It's cool. I wonder if this was originally intended as like Gradius two because like mm-hmm. sequels back in that era seemed way more willing to just depart from what the original was. Like you think about Castlevania two and Zelda two. Mm-hmm. So they were like, oh yeah, we made another shmup. It's kind of like that last one, and then they just made Gradius two, three, four. Yep. Yeah. And Salamander 2, like 10 years later. Oh, really? See, I didn't yep. even know about that. Yeah, there's a Salamander 2. It's a, a little less known, uh, mm-hmm. but that's sort of like when Konami was spitting out uh, shmups left and right, like Thundercross and shit like that. Like, I've got Thundercross in that collection. I'm kind of excited. Thundercross is eh. I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I wasn't... It, it never, like... Yeah, I've it's rated... It's very low on the um on the shoot the shooting game Japanese difficulty wiki. Yeah, it's, it's like not that hard. Notches, at least it's two notches below Gradius. Yeah, I could the... kind of use it. I could kind of use a gentle win. <laughs> I need this. I need this. <laughs> um, oh my god, it's so fun. Life Force feels a lot more puzzly to me than Gradius. Like there's very little, there's very little dodging in Life Force. It's mostly just like. Learning these set pieces and learning where you yeah. need to be yeah. for them. Yeah, your ship's yeah. hitbox seems pretty big. It's, it's pretty big, huge. yeah. Especially so, in the but, overhead stages, it's ginormous. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was one part where you're like, "Oh, this is a hard part," and I'm like, "That doesn't look that bad." And then you just the bullet like didn't really get that close to you, and you died. I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's real tricky. Um, and then the yeah, the, and then that fucking stage four boss is a coin flip. I, <laughs> oh my god, it I mean, sucks. I don't know what, how you would ever dodge that in the middle once it gets going. When there's like twenty you, balls you in there, kill, you can get it. You can get it. Kill it before it gets like ten balls, maybe. Oh, that, but that's still lot, so many. It, and it depends because sometimes it fires two balls at a time, and sometimes it fires yeah, one ball at a time, it, and it, it's fucking random as far as I yep, can tell. Yep. Did you get through this one, Polly? I don't think I've one cc'd uh, Life Force Arcade. No. Mm-hmm. It, it's mean. And then I can get to Gradius 2 afterwards, and hopefully that'll be a bit less of a strict jump than it seemed when I sampled it the first I, time. I have one CC Gradius 2. Yeah, uh, that's your favorite, I think. Yeah, it's, that's uh, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems real good. Mm-hmm. And then Gradius 3 SNES sounds like a good time. <laughs> there you go! There you oh, go. That sounds like a nice time. That sounds like a nice Just make sure you install the No Slowdown patch. Oh, oh my god, that's it's <laughs> such a different game! Holy crap, it's so different. You realize... T- that's, that that is what makes you realize, oh, they're slowing that down on purpose. I think it's mm. a, like 50-50. This has had a slower I, processor I believe, than the Genesis. I believe that it sort of started as, oh, the hardware can't handle this, even in the arcade versions, because if you play mm, yeah. Gradius 3 and 4 um, through either emulation or through something like the... There's a PS2 collection that I have... Um, the slowdown is something that is seems baked in, but it's um, also I can see being like, oh, like there's a limitation in the hardware, but we can also control this to some degree as well. So I feel like there's sort of yeah. like, I think that there's two, uh, th- I think there's two sides at play. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't feel like, it feels like it was designed around at the very least. Oh, Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, they had to be aware of it for sure. <laughs> and then they're bouncing against it. I remember when I played every single Genesis shmup. Yeah, and then I started the SNES ones, and that that's literally the first shmup on the SNES. Yeah, and that slowdown, oh, was boy. rough. 
I was like, oh, is this just the system? Is this just how it's going to be? And it's kind of <laughs> just that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, you know, you play Axelay a year later. Yeah. And like, oh, no, this is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, it's just, that's how Gradius 3 is designed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to... I want I want to play it some more. I really like I really like Konami shmups. I think. I think I that really like, like I like shmups, Polly. I really like shmups. You know what? Shmups are <laughs> shmups are pretty good, and Konami is one of those companies that really kind of mastered the type of shmups that they typically release. Because obviously, like their shmups have a very distinct voice among uh, yeah uh, other shmups of the the era. When you kind of look at when they were actively releasing them, you know, and then obviously, you know, they didn't really do much once they moved past the, that and into more of like the, the bullet curtain phase of, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Shmups. Like, yeah, like they had, they had some stuff, but it's not that it's still very decidedly slow, methodical set pieces, uh, set very... piece based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like we have well, a, but like almost country where we have these like, these big design set pieces where you learn the rules and kind of puzzle your way through them. Yeah, yeah. I really like it. Oh, it's Gradius a very is different way, vibe. Gradius is way more strict because, I mean, we have Gradius Syndrome yeah. for a reason. Yeah. That's play through the entire game. You get one shot at this this moment and figure out what the fuck to do. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm, I've been... It's a bit rough. I've been abusing saves a lot because that's nice i just yeah you to, have to be able to practice yeah, the stages. i just practice I, so i can practice them i have i have one friend who's like i i just kind of want to at least for a little while well start from the beginning and i and i wonder how much you lose out just kind of jumping straight in i jump basically straight into save practicing mm-hmm. and i'm wondering how much i kind of lost out there but i'm still getting plenty of yeah. time on the starting from the beginning we're doing yeah. So. yeah, because like with, with 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 games that utilize rank, like Zero Ranger, mm-hmm. for instance, oh, if boy. if you if you start later in the game, you're kind of screwing yourself over if you think that you're going to one CC this thing from the beginning because rank like all is always going up in that game, and I don't think it ever goes uh, down. Uh, so it's a totally different experience if you're trying to one CC that game versus starting in the middle. So I, I think that that's very akin to also kind of save practicing too much. Can trip you. Well, with, with stuff like life force, I'm starting from the beginning and then doing a, doing a save state. Right. And then that's saving where I'm at in the rank. So it's a little different yeah. from something like zero, zero ranger where you're doing with the actual practice mode, which doesn't yeah. incorporate the rank. Right. But yeah, then I did I did enough save practicing to like learn the set pieces and learn where it was and like okay, now let's start from the beginning and just start grinding these out. It's fun. I really like it. Cool. Rhett. Speaking of speaking of Grady Schmups, though, I can't wait for you to eventually get into Parodius and Twin B because those are the yes. ones I like. I get you. I got Twin B on that. Like I think once you've played one of those games, I think you're good um, though. Like <laughs> I I. I think Parodius no, is a I, great idea. I think they're okay. fun, they're cute, and they're neat. But once you've played one, I think you've seen everything. Uh, okay, I'll agree with you on that one. I think the later Twin B arcade games are just really pretty and neat. Absolutely, like, like Twin B like, is totally different than Parodius. Yeah, I didn't. You need to make that distinction. Make the distinction, it. dumbass. I said Parodius and Twin B. That's true. And like, as far as I know, like those later Twin B games, like don't have console ports 
No, mm-hmm. they don't. I've got I've got a big old fat Mame collection on here nice. that I've been using, um, and that that cool Switch Arcade version I have. Um, it's it's U.S. release versions only, which is annoying. Uh-huh. Um, but otherwise, it's mostly fine for that. Um, it's got Gradius, it's got Gradius Two, it's got um, Twinbee, like you said, and it's got Haunted Castle. Yeah. Oh boy, which huh. version? Which version? Um, I don't know if it's version K or version Masochist. Yeah, version Masochist <laughs> is ridiculous. Yeah, I'll I'll just find out if I walk in and touch a leaf. Yeah, and just have my health <laughs> you walk in and touch a leaf, and whoops, there went three fourths of my health on my one life. Yep. If I run into that, then I'll be like, okay, not playing this version for that, <laughs> and it'll be fine. Yeah, I like to think that it probably wouldn't be that. Oh, yeah. I can't. I think I remember people talking about that when it came out, and I'm not sure which it is. Whatever, I'll find out <laughs> after. I, but not until I finish Life Force, because victory is so close. It's so close. The smell is intoxicating. Almost there. It's all I can think of. It's just, it's just coming in through every pore of my body. Is the <laughs> sweet smell of victory. It's just all gonna ooze into every hole of your body. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> And there's a thousand years of oozing into you. Speaking of oozing into my holes, Rhett, what have you been up to lately? (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) But, but, I'm okay with Rhett oozing into my holes. Oh my god. (laughs) Anyways. Well, uh... listen, who... You show me one fan of this podcast that isn't into the idea of Rhett oozing into their holes. Oh, and I'll God. show you a fucking liar! Anyways. <laughs> so if it... What? <laughs> I, I broke Polly again. <laughs> Life is good. So if any of you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been posting a lot about anime the last couple weeks. Have yes, you? it's been very Have fun. You read? I... I haven't noticed. I haven't, haven't noticed, noticed that massive thread. Just screen caps thread. as far as the eye can see. <laughs> the never-ending thread of just cute anime girls and nothing else. It's a very consistent trend in the shows I watch. <laughs> Except for Fate Zero. Not so many in that one. No, no. Or a devil man cry, baby, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, not going to be talking about anime. Doesn't speak to you? JoJo does not speak to me. I mean... <laughs> like, I JoJo, like, if JoJo's fan base wasn't so insistent and annoying, I might care. <laughs> but you know what? Guess what? Everything in the world is not a JoJo reference. Shut the fuck up. All of us. All of us that, I, that, that do not watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, that is what we have to say to JoJo fans. <laughs> not everything is a JoJo reference. Shut the fuck up. Polly, I listened to this Yes album at work the other day. And I had this really fun JoJo <laughs> reference. <laughs> I knew that song before it was cool. Oh, my. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, my God. I normally disagree with Polly on the whole, oh, this fan base is so annoying, it makes me not want to watch a thing. Except for JoJo. Yeah, it's literally it like the worst fucking it's fan just, base. There's just something about the discourse around that show that just is like, eh, just no, it's go like, away. Like, the thing about JoJo is like, man, I see that as something that it's very, it probably has a lot of Polly energy. 
Yeah. Like, it's silly. It's stupid. It's really out there. But you people. You, <laughs> you people. You fucking people. You spit it out, people. I swear to God, you people. <laughs> there. I spit it out. Just So, you fucking people. My God. You are the one of the worst fan bases <laughs> I have it's ever had the displeasure Dude, I get email from JoJo people, or just wait. You do? You, sh- you should talk about JoJo on the podcast. Oh are you God. being for real? Yes, I'm being for real. <laughs> oh, they're gonna love this. Yeah, they oh, are, boy. aren't they? Yeah, we had Sean Chiplock on a while back. He's a voice in JoJo. Oh yeah, I remember oh. you t- you you talking very delicately around that in the podcast <laughs> in the interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the show. I just know nothing about it other than annoying fan base. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Like, it's nothing against the work itself. Exactly. Or definitely not the voice actors. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, uh, cute anime girls, right? Yeah, so, as I was saying before John walked over me, I'm not going to be talking about anime. Uh, I, wa- I played so many games in November and December, and then we kind of took a break for Game of the Year stuff. Mm-hmm. And then for the last episode, I was just like, I'm going to pick the three that I think are most interesting to talk about. Mm-hmm. So for okay. this, po- so for this podcast, you're getting the leftovers. You're getting, <laughs> you are literally getting like sloppy seconds of 2019 when games yep. weren't even being considered any longer. Like yep. these are just the la- the last gasps of 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 2019 on top of you pumping away. Like, but they're not getting anything out of it. You're not getting anything out of it, and it's just at the end, all you get is a. <sighs> and then they just oh collapse God. on top of you. What was that metaphor, Polly? <laughs> it's for sex, Rhett. Anyway, the, the first leftover is Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, is, it, is it deeply, un, is it similar, is it the game equivalent of deeply unsatisfying lovemaking? Maybe. People <laughs> people got so mad about this damn game and they're oh still God, mad about it. They're so mad. <laughs> so my experience with this one, all I kind of want to bring up is how I had a unique experience with this game that obviously almost nobody else will be able to replicate because this is the first one I've played and beat since fucking Red. Wow. So like, oh, yeah. God, yeah. okay. So like when people are like, oh, there's so many cut Pokemon and I'm like, Wow, like 80, 90% of these are new to me. Like, I literally didn't know any of them besides the Gen 1 stuff right, right. and, like, Whooper. So it's like, oh, there's, all there's like, new types. Like, Steel type is new to me, Steel. which has probably been there since, like, Gen 2. Gen 2 or something, yeah. Fairy type is new. I'm like, oh, Psychic isn't as strong as it used to be. <laughs> it's just... So, like, there's a few little... They, they keep making the same game over and over, and I recognize that. But they did put a few quality of life things in this one that I liked. Shared experience, which pisses everybody off because it's baby easy. I mean, mode, that's and everybody thinks that they're hardcore playing a fucking Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, but like that one's been in it for a while. It's just that they made it mandatory this time, which is yeah. why people are bad. Yeah. The thing I really like about this one is that once you see a Pokemon, even if you don't catch it, I think. It'll say what type it is in your little book afterwards. So it helps you figure out some shit a little easier. And the big one is that once you have that, the game will automatically tell you if an attack will be super effective. Oh. So you you don't have to fucking guess so much. 
that's if re- you're that's that's really nice. That's kind of like, that's, that's like Persona yeah, Five stuff, where like once you know the weakness of an enemy, you can press right trigger when it's your turn, and it'll just automatically offer to switch you over to the persona and highlight oh, the attack God. to use. <laughs> it's yeah, it's basically that. Like even when when you like say you come up against an enemy and you switch your Pokemon out when you're switching and you have all your six of your guys in the menu, mm-hmm. when you menu down to each of them, it'll show their four moves. And then also still say super effective if it's going to be oh wow a super effective type. So like you can get a pretty good grasp of like oh this one is going to fuck this guy up probably like it has all these attacks are super effective. Mm-hmm. It's not going to tell you if the enemy is also going to be <laughs> something that's going to quad damage crit kill your enemy, but you know it helps. Yeah. That, yeah. And then even then, by the end of the game, I was still just loading up a wiki like, okay, steel is weak okay, to fairy, what whatever, <laughs> fucking. It just because so many of the so many of the enemies in that game, like the the entire gym system, and then like the end game stuff, is just this is a character that only uses this one type, and so if you don't know what it's weak to, you're just you're going to be real fucking confused for a while. Right, right. And again, for people that have been with this series for twenty years, that's not that an whole... issue. You have that whole fucking f- gigantic 200-cell flowchart memorized, or, yeah. or like 500-chart. It's like, yeah, of course. It's this so big. We do this. Because so yeah. much... It, it, the regular type advantage, disadvantage stuff isn't that confusing, but then it's when you get into, into dual types that it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this is kind of annoying, when it's like, oh, this is a steel ghost. What the fuck is that weak to? How I don't does know. that work? A ghost can't be steel. That's silly because a ghost by nature is, is fucking. Tell her, tell her how it could be a steel ghost rat. I don't know. I don't know that I kept running against this one enemy that like everyone uses in competitive because it's a steel ghost or something, which steel means ghost, like it's weak to nothing. Steel ghost sounds like a bad '80s metal band name. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Steel Ghost. What's a steel ghost type? Of? Their debut album. I'm Midnight. sure there is one. Oh, yeah. duh, because it, because it's a sword possessed by a ghost, Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon. Oh, and the and the ghost one. is that of a woman who was sacrificed to make the sword. <laughs> That's a different universe, Malik. Like. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. A better one. <laughs> I choose you, Saber. <laughs> <laughs> I should name a hone edge saber. It's great. Oh jeez. So stupid. So All right. like how this game treat okay. you? It treated me fine. It's it's a very easy, breezy adventure, basically. I think the graphics are ac- actually really good, all things considered. Like I guess considering the backlash and like the animations in battle are really good. Yeah. Like, like this game looked like, totally it, fine to me. It oozes a lot of charm. Like it does what it needs to. I think the weird thing is that 90% of the game is fixed camera stuff and just kind of plays exactly like the old games. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the, yeah. and then there's this literally one area where you have camera control and it's a whole open world thing. And every time you go there, it just feels like you're stepping into a different game. You know what's uh, weird to me about that game? Yeah. That game is weird to me because there is no voice acting. And there are parts where there absolutely should be like oh, somebody there's... fucking singing. Oh, uh, so you saw that singing scene. That's the that's the worst one by far. But, like, that, look, this is fucking 
Nintendo, and this is Pokemon. This is a billion fucking dollar <laughs> franchise. How, at this point, your big fucking console <laughs> debut, how does that game not get the royal fucking treatment and get of like full voice acting and just like presentation across the board? Like I how? Think game Freak like has enough control where Nintendo can't like force their hand. I guess that's. But why yeah, they there, want that is what there's there's those two there's two scenes that are just obnoxiously bad without voice acting. The one is opening? the opening. The opening. Yeah, one is the op the fucking opening cutscene where they're like pantomiming in time with the with the dialogue. Oh, but God. it's silent. It's, it's so awkward. bad and awkward. And then there's the one with the dark gym league league master and he's singing and again, it's it's just quiet, and he's like tapping his feet, and it's just like silent. It's so fucking strange. Like it's unfinished. See, it works in like because see, Trails in the Sky does that too with Oliver because he sings a few times. Uh, and this my is my version. He actually did sing. Well, this is before the Evo version. I know, but they they make it work because the graphics are sprites and it's okay oh, yeah. to be it's okay to be presented like that but when you are presenting a game that clearly took tens of millions of dollars to create the fact mm-hmm. that you didn't dump another 100,000 to 500,000 whatever it would take yeah, yeah. to man i know fuck it's, off just for fuck me, it's all not the even... hell off for me, it's not even I expected full voice acting. It's like these scenes as they're directed do not make they sense. They don't without make sense acting. exactly. So if you just if you just got somebody to do like these five lines for this one scene and then nobody else talked ever again, right, right, I, I'd be more okay with that just because of how it's directed. Right, it's super weird. There are lots of games that we play and accept that have partial voice acting. Yeah, I mean that's a ton of JRPGs still, like. <laughs> I saw uh, that Legacy of Goku game that just came out as partial voice acting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fine, but, yeah. but man, like, something as big as Pokemon has no business yeah. being presented the way that it was presented, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I remember I defended Alliance Alive and someone on Twitter because they didn't like that it didn't have voice acting, and I was just kind of like, eh, it kind of feels PS1-y to me. I kind of vibe with it. Mm-hmm. But that game's also, mm-hmm. like a much smaller dev than Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's, there's very... And there, there aren't any scenes that jump out like, oh, they're singing, literally. Yeah, yeah like, that's... That's what really just sends it over the edge, I think, is it's a literal singing piece that's yeah. synced up to the music and... <laughs> and it says dead silence. It's, it's just so weird. dead <laughs> fucking quiet. Probably, yeah. We got... We had partial voice acting for the singing in our game. Oh, whoops. We did, didn't we? Even we... (laughs) Even we did. I mean, how would that even work if it wasn't... Exactly. Exactly. We kind of knew that going in. We knew that going in. We were going to have to do it. Mm -hmm. Pokemon was like, fuck it. He's not... No voice acting. (laughs) So there's that. So it's confirmed that her lullaby is better than Pokemon Sword and Shield. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought that went without question. The other thing I want to talk about is how much that game fucking hates Marnie. <laughs> oh, yeah, it really she, does. Yeah, she's just relegated to a nothing role. She just isn't a character. It's amazing. 
It's amazing that they make a character that looks like she has the most yeah. personality that any Pokemon character has had in years, and they literally gave her no personality. Raven in chat says, Marnie did nothing wrong, and I'm thinking, Marnie well, Mar did nothing. Marnie did nothing, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, yeah, just the three words there is all you need. <laughs> what really just really arced me it's like she joins you kind of very briefly during the jrpg climax and then it's like oh i'll stay outside you you and a god what's the friend's name that hop. everybody hates hop hop you and hop will go you know do the jrpg thing so that which makes sense because you know battles there's two people in the dual battles obviously and, and that game is more hop story than yours yeah so yeah. i wasn't too mad about that but then in the post game there's this whole thing where you have to go to all eight gyms again, mm -hmm. or actually no, you go to all seven. You go to seven gyms again, and you skip one of them. Mm -hmm. And the entire time, Marnie's brother is tagging along with you <laughs> because he quit being the gym leader, and Marnie is the one taking care of his gym now. Guess which is the one you also skip? Yeah, <laughs> it's. It's literally bizarre. They they just like write her one hundred percent out and then give all the character development they could have gone given to her to her brother. And I'm just like, wow. wow, they like actually hate this character that they made or something. That's that's unfortunate. It's so bizarre. Remember I was just like Go ahead. I was just cracking up at the extent to which they just wrote her out as quickly as they could. Jeez. These characters, they they unveiled these characters, and there was an ocean of fan art. And I was like, boy, yeah. this fan art is going to be a lot more enjoyable than the, 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 actual... the six lines yeah. they get in the actual game. Because <laughs> I think most of, most of the major characters do have some form of character growth and arc, even though okay. even if it's like extremely basic and like ju like I don't know amateur hour writing, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Bede, his story is actually decent where he starts out as like this real asshole villain and ends up becoming kind of more humble and like learning his place and like becoming a gym leader. Mm -hmm. But then Marnie becomes a gym leader because her brother quit. So he ha he has the growth and she just gets shuffled over over there now. And then you can like basically not talk to her. Mm. You go over there and she's like, do you want to battle? Yes, no. Oh, oh God. It's it's wild. <laughs> That's so crazy to me. Yeah, and then they announced the expansion. And I'm like, mm, nah. That expansion. Want to drop thirty dollars on more Pokemon content? Look, man, the only thing <laughs> I like about the expansion content is like, oh, cool, it made a bunch of people mad, and I'm laughing. And people got mad all over again. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. then, yeah, the expansion. Oh, there's going to be two hundred new poke or returning Pokemon. So it's like, oh, this was always the fucking plan. Just kind of. DLC, the old ones. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it's better than doing a third version for $60. Pokemon Crown. Oh, jeez. Was that but the rumor? But those generally, like, at least happen, like, a year later or something. Like, I don't know, something... It feels but, bad to me. But, like, the expansion for this, I think the second part will be this fall, so it's yeah. gonna be uh, yeah. a year God, later. It is a anyways. year. This game yeah. came so fast. This game... Has been out for so long. Yeah, like this game already kind of feels old. Uh, I know. Oh, because they were doing the big reveals. Like we knew about. Yeah, Marnie like we knew March. about this game 
for like this game needed to not be on display as much as it was because like Holly, it got to sell systems. What are you talking about? This game feels like it's already been out for two years. It's been out yeah, for, like, it's exhausting. <laughs> I hate. I that's that's like the like they unveil all the evolutions for the starters. Like what the what the fuck are you doing? Leave something. Wait, for the wait. Game. I think that stuff actually did leak. Like I, I think that stuff. I think that those reveals and shit go all the way back to the dumb Smash reveals where they were doing that every week yeah. where there's literally like for no... fucking Smash Brawl that yeah. was a night- oh it was a my god full Brawl was year insane. of build up it was a nightmare it's just like I, I hate, hate that up. shit I hate that shit just because it's just like I just, like why do people want to go into games like that like what happened yeah. to being surprised about what a yeah. game is going to do to you I went into Metal Gear Solid two not knowing Raiden existed I mean. That was the point so of that. Good. Yeah, totally different theory there. I know it's better, <laughs> but that's Actually, just like think... one example. But that, yeah. and that's an extreme example as well. But just like even things like I don't like knowing like what unlockables are in games. I don't like knowing this shit. Like I like being surprised when something pops up and it's like, oh shit. You it's like there's a game I'm cool. playing right now where somebody just like I finished it and then they were like, oh, but wait till you see what happens to blah 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 in the second. I'm like, man, fuck you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually thought they were more modest about revealing stuff in in this game than they were with like Sun and Moon, which seemed to just put everything out on display. <laughs> yeah. And then people realized the reason reason they did less reveals for this game was because there was just less there was of just it. Just less. Like there's of the there's game. just kind of not a post game really. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it like less than twenty hours on how long to beat? I mean, like that. it seems shorter you, than the other. If you rush it, it's pretty short. But if you're, you know, doing everything and catching all four hundred, it's gonna fucking take you a while. That shit gets so repetitive after like a hundred. Yeah, I was sucks. like, I'm good. Yeah. You get it down to twenty percent health and throw the ball. I got you, game. I got you. I got you. And after five has a point, and then like data mining is definitely kind of a big thing. Like like data mining is so yeah. big right now that literally all of Final Fantasy VII remake is leaked. That's because they were dumb and Wait. the demo the demo contains all of the strings, a whole bunch what? of data for the rest of the game. They the rest of the, the first the rest yet? of the first episode of the game, right? Yeah. Not like the whole The game. entire <laughs> rest of the first game, which is mm-hmm. I mean, that's a major release for the year. Yeah, it is. All of the data is out there now. Everything oh, is known about it, from characters that join your party to names of attacks to items. The entire I mean, script is in there. What? Like, what the fuck what? were you people doing? Like the subtitles, like the subtitle data. It's all there. Oh it's like, my God. what the fuck? I hadn't heard about this. Yeah, like I'd heard. So don't go looking for it. I'm. But, I know. But... I know. I just saw threads that were like, "Oh, the demo leaked. Everything's out there." I didn't know the demo contained. Yeah, the demo has. Pretty oh, much for the full yeah, game. Yeah, like it's got all of the data for everything. Like even if it's not accessible in game, yeah, it's still got like the subtitle file that has the rest of the story and all of it's the got, script in it. It's got Eris's limit limit break. Yep. Oh. oh, that's wild. I mean, that's less impactful because it's a fucking remake anyway. So, like, but you but but, know that, but that's your know, like but data that's... mining is like a big thing now. Like you yeah. couldn't put anything out there. Like like you can't really have secrets anymore in the same way that you used to be able to because if you are anything of note, people are going to data mine you yeah. like day zero. That's I mean that is what happened to Pokemon though where like some of those stuff like the starter forms that John was talking about, I think that was just a leak like mm. a couple of days before the game came okay. out. Like the discourse 
behind this game was so fucking awful right before it came out. Yeah. Where people were, like, playing on their stolen copies and, like, hacking the game to make it slow down and post videos of that. That was... The... Ri- like, people wanted was... this game to fail. Like, there were there was... A, there was... Yeah. There was... An air of malicious intent around this game yeah. from the mm-hmm. fan base that it just astounded me because this is just like, yeah. I always thought like, like, again, my brain being what it is, I can't wrap mm-hmm. it around certain things, but my brain says, I am a fan of this thing. Why am I trying to actively fucking hurt it now? Because they should have put voice acting in. Okay. You got a <laughs> point. You got a point. But yeah, That's the true. whole like I'm posting edited videos to make the game look like it's slowing down more than oh, it really sucks. does is was fucking wild. That's, That's where like, I was. That's a whole that... new level of what the fuck is wrong with people. I mean, just nothing is real on the internet anymore. Yeah, it. Yeah, like you. It, so that's that's where I was like, okay, like dunking on this game was funny for a minute, and now you're all taking it way too fucking far. Yeah, mm-hmm. and harassing people. Oh uh, yeah. Right. And, and, well, that was the entire dev process, really, of trying to literally get people fired, throwing out false Ugh. accusations of sexual misconduct. It's just like, <laughs> what the fuck, people? What are you doing? Christ, so that's Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> Video games are a happy thing, and we all love them, and they only bring out the best in people. How's the story, Rhett? I mean, the story is wild, because like 80% of it is just do the eight gyms, and then become the champion and then right before you fight the champion they're like oh no the world is ending go oh, over here oh shit like it's bizarre it's like it is... this is like the third time they've done that exact shape it's it's, it's probably so weird every time it's probably done the worst here like not even having played the other games oh x and y is so bad oh. it's like oh, holly has a line about trails in the sky where there's a jrpg happening in the background and you're not invited until the second game yeah in this game yeah. it's like that, but it's doing that, but super clumsily, where they're like, oh no, there's a Pokemon Gigamanta, Gigamaxing over here. It's destroying the city. Anyway, you keep doing those gyms, we'll handle it off screen. <laughs> like, oh. like, they literally just off screen a ton of stuff. Rhett's, Rhett, Rhett's dick is always in Gigamat's form. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's got a life bar, but it actually just shatters the size of your TV <laughs> as soon as it pops up. It's unassailable. Right. right. <laughs> this this makes me feel like a dick because it's been happening a lot lately. And the fact and it's that Nintendo's fan base is really awful and harasses a bunch, right? Yeah. Uh I think that's just fan bases in general right now. Okay. I don't um, think Nintendo I don't, has to be. I don't yeah. follow any of those people that are doing the harassing and being shitheads, right? Oh, yeah, of course not. What I do follow is all the people who aggressively defend nintendo from these harassers yeah so like every time nintendo does anything you have to put this most positive spin on it it's like oh no i actually love that they made another fire emblem girl that's so great of them i'm a good fan fuck me sakurai (laughs) please yeah like there's this air of like i like yeah it's like one of the good ones there you go from being a fan to coddling at some point and like it feels like this weird accidental progression where it's just like it starts out good intentioned like you're trying to keep positive vibes going around this thing mm-hmm. that is obviously that you like it that you like that means a lot to other people but then it starts becoming like oh now i'm going to make excuses for or or like any perceived slight 
or any yeah. any criticism at all starts being looked at as negativity. Um, mm. yeah, or you where, being toxic. Yeah, not liking or like, whatever. And, and, and I think that like that's where like you start getting a little overzealous, and maybe you need to dial yeah. it back a bit. Look, man, this corporation still doesn't love you. Okay, <laughs> as someone just I, it hits me hard because I think Nintendo sucks. And <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Hate them. I, so yeah, to me, I, why are you harassing just... Nintendo, John? Jesus. So I'm just like letting it. It's just like, oh my god, this is so saccharine. And like it would be different if it was something I liked, and that's why I'm trying to be restrained about right, it, and not, right, right. not come off as a dick. But like the 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 smash the fire emblem reveal that was the big one because everyone yeah. was like, "This is fine, actually. I think this is great. I'm a good one." Mm-hmm. Just, <laughs> the I'm you know, a good. I literally think I saw somebody say, "I'm a good one," though. That, that, I, I I wrote this to a friend, and I felt so bad about writing it, but I said. Sakura is not going to fuck you, no matter how much you white knight his game. <laughs> As a joke, obviously. As a joke, extremely a joke. <laughs> that made me. That was so evil. It just made me laugh a lot. That was a weird one because I'm not honestly sure if there was any direct harassment because it was so quick but it's like yeah it's okay to be disappointed jeez yeah like it's fine like, like not every I w- <laughs> look i know that not everybody likes fire emblem that's fine oh john number one fire emblem fan right here oh yeah john it's cool. 20 it's red it's 2020 i'm letting go of those past beliefs <laughs> i'm gonna i have i bought pokemon white i've got that sitting at the ready for when Wait, i want did them. you yeah i have that oh, it's sitting okay. there Cool. I'm gonna play, um, and I'll play one of the Fire Emblems probably this year. Like maybe, um, one of the good Awaken. ones. Awakening. Not, not Awakening Plus. <laughs> so one of the good ones. Yeah. Wait. Awa- what's Awakening Plus? Awakening. Man, just and replay Radiant. And then everything from Awakening on is oh. obviously bad. Just so replay I'm just Radiant play Dawn, man. Exactly. That one or the GameCube one or I don't know something. Yeah. Play those. Right, so I, those are the good you. ones. <laughs> thank y'all for thank y'all for letting me voice my discontent there. <laughs> I just remember waking up and looking at my phone because I wake up at noon because I'm a degenerate. I just woke up looking at my phone and everyone's byleth, 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 and I just started fucking laughing because it was just like, I just saw people saying the previous night, like, this is the obvious boring choice, and then it happened, and I just laughed. But the way they presented it is real good. Okay, I, I didn't actually watch the directs. So they presented I saw Sakurai it, smiling. They presented it as um, Byleth being another sword fighter. Uh-huh. And then he gets his ass kicked. And then he comes back and talks to Sothis, and she's just like, what? Too many sword fighters for you? And so he fights <laughs> with four different, four different uh, weapons. And I was like, okay, that's really fucking good. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Because it's been like 10 years of people going, there's too many sword fighters in yeah. Smash Brothers. Yeah, they actually made the joke. They had a okay, character voice that opinion, and it was really good. Like, I thought that was genuinely funny. But I couldn't care less about the rest, because yeah. I think Smash is dumb and for babies. Violet's design is really horny. I didn't process that. Absolutely. The girl Violet. Girl Violet <laughs> is like the horniest fire. Like, other than Tharja? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And she she's is, a main character. And she, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's if it was. If it was like just one thing, then it wouldn't be too much. It wouldn't be over, like <laughs> overwhelming. If it was just like the exposed tummy, that's yeah. okay. I get it. If it was just 
the short shorts. Okay. It's the leggings. Short shorts and ripped it's ornate leggings. leggings. It's the leggings that do it's, it. Yeah. Tactfully framed titty <laughs> chest. With like, oh, we got the bare shoulders. Got Oh, got the little thing covering the cleavage because this is still a Jesus game. <laughs> I was it's mad about so that. much. I was mad and then I was, well, I wasn't mad. I was just amused at such uh-huh. a boring choice. And then somebody was like, female Byleth Amiibo. And I was like, yep, back yep, in. Yep, back in, <laughs> back in. Boom. You actually hear Rhett slam $20 <laughs> on the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Polly. Yeah. What you been up to? I, you know what? I'm kind of like Rhett this time. Oh, boy. Got I, watched, I watched an anime. <gasps> oh, it's been a while since I've done that, and then I did this one in literally the span of one morning. Excellent. It's one of the. It's just like, you know, you wake up at five thirty, and it's just like, well, I'm already ready for my day. I got nothing else to do, and I ain't got to be anywhere for three hours. Let's start on an anime and start watching. So I watched a place further than the universe over the span Aww. over the span of a morning. So. If you don't know what A Place Further Than the Universe is, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, because I know Rhett's talked about this show yeah. before. I don't know how it, deep diving I mean, I, you went I, on it. You were definitely like, sounds like Shinkai. I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I mean, the, the name of that show is a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it, it has a very Shinkai kind of feel to it. Uh, yeah. Like, if you just look at the premise, because it's, it's it's about somebody that wants to go to Antarctica, and they kind of come to this because, it, it, and it's, it, okay, so it's about this high school girl <laughs> who's entering her second year of high school, right? And she literally just decides one day, oh my god, my entire life just slipped away from me. I am, <laughs> I am in my second year of high school. What happened? <laughs> I'm, I'm so old. I'm and so old. My and prime has passed me by. My prime has passed me. My youth is forever <laughs> fleeting. <laughs> and she decides she needs to do something crazy. And she keeps trying to do something crazy, like, I'm going to skip school, whoops, I chickened out. Or I'm going to ride the train somewhere I've never been before. Nah, not going to do it. Uh, until eventually she meets, uh, th- through a weird set of circumstances, which that's just kind of like an underlying theme of this show, is yeah. a weird set of happy circumstances. Listen, they got to get there eventually. They, you got to get there, right? She ends up meeting another girl who is planning an expedition, uh, joining an expedition to Antarctica. And she just kind of like decides, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make your dream my dream because mine are fucking yeah. boring. <laughs> um, I'll support your dream. I'll support your dream. I'm coming nobody with else you. does. Everyone sucks. Yeah, everybody sucks. Her. Everybody that isn't one of the main characters in this show sucks. This is an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> your dream sucks. Um... But yeah, like through this weird coincidental set of events, we get a, like f- t- two more characters join this th- this group, uh, and, and like it's, we're all gonna work together and go to Antarctica. And right from the get go, the show started giving me shaky vibes because I was just like, uh oh, this is gonna be a whole fucking show where we're gonna lead up to nothing, aren't we? We are literally never going to Antarctica. We are going to spend the entire thing. We're gonna do all the dumb, awful. Th- episodes where we're 
we're trying to earn uh-huh. the money that we're going to have like the job fair episode. We're going to have uh-huh. a festival episode where we're trying to earn <laughs> money to go or like, I figured that like, yeah, this is going to be all build up. And like the, the theme of the show is like, we didn't go to Antarctica, but the real Antarctica is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Polly, I know you watched the show in one day, but did you watch the opening? Yes. Could you imagine that opening on a show where they don't actually go to Antarctica? <laughs> See, that's what I thought they were going to do, though. Oh, my God. I, like, for, like, the first two episodes, I'm like, oh, man, if there's, like, ten more episodes of we're not actually going to Antarctica, I'm going to be real pissed off. <laughs> but thankfully, that's not the case, because throughout the course of, 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 like, the first six or so episodes, they are building up to actually leaving for Antarctica. And, like, even when they got to the episode where they're, like, in front of the auditorium, it, they're, they're, like, announcing that they're going to be joining this expedition, I thought it was a dream sequence at first. <laughs> because, like, the reactions were just, like... I don't believe... Like... Like, Mari's yeah. reactions, like, you know, typical ginky girl, you know, excited. And, and, and Shirase is just like, yo, I'm, I'm leaving. Bye. And it's just, it felt yeah. weird to me. It was just like, okay, this is just a dream sequence. Oh, no, they're actually getting ready to board a plane and go. Okay, that's good. I mean, We're actually going somewhere now. I don't know how long they actually went for, but, like, if you think of a couple classmates actually having to leave for like two months That's to go to really Antarctica big. in high school. That would actually kind of be a kind of a big deal that they would have a, like an auditorium meeting for. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and, 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 and like they spend that first six episode getting you really kind of intimate with these characters and kind of like a baseline mm-hmm. for the type of characters they are. And like, sort of like the big pull and the big pull for going to Antarctica for one of the main characters. I, like her mom disappeared in an expedition three years ago. And Oh boy, yeah. She, she's yeah. going there because her mom's still there. It's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> We're going there, aren't we? We're going there. Um, but but you've got uh, the other cast of characters, and um, this is sort of the show where it, it, it builds around... It, it's very character-driven, um, while also being able to kind of focus on the journey of actually getting to Antarctica, because yeah. you get this stretch of episodes where they're on the boat. Um you know, you you take the plane and then you get on the boat to go. Um, yeah, and, there's and, that stopover in Singapore as well. Yeah, the stopover is, in Singapore. They lose, they, they lose a passport. They, they lose a passport and it's stressful Ugh. as fuck. It's, it's so bad. Extremely stressful. And that's where you start seeing, uh, but that that but that that episode in particular is where you start seeing what this show's actually going for. In that, mm-hmm. oh, each of these characters is on a personal journey. Um, because each one of them, like, along with, you know, this big trip that we're planning, obviously, this big expedition to this great, you know, like, this is a great, cool thing that you're doing, but the personal experiences that you're having to overcome and your own personal hurdles, um, and, and how you come out of those and dealing with other people is a major theme. Um, and, and this is sort of when they start pulling those things out of each character and kind of making them more people than just like oh it's the ganky girl oh it's the quiet girl you know things Mm -hmm. like that they start becoming uh more like people and Mm -hmm. like that's where the show really starts taking off and then you get to the actual antarctica part and then 
having that isolation from society lets these characters it, you 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 get forced to open up in this kind of situation mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. uh where there's nothing else but you and these other people and that's oh. where the show really really starts to shine uh and like the excellent writing starts taking over and there's like all of these just like little nuggets of character development and wisdom mm-hmm. that gets sprinkled in every now and again and like they give the show like a super positive energy um like like and i think that's something i really like about this show is that it's genuinely just super positive um yeah. while also kind of exploring a lot of darker kind of subject matter and and, and and things that we may or may not like about ourselves um i think that by the end of this show and, and where everybody has progressed and like how you've seen everybody kind of open up and have these shared experiences. Um, it's very similar to trails in the sky, the third. Um, and, and that, <laughs> Some high praise. And that for me, yeah, that, that for me is, is very high praise. Like, I think that it's a show that could land with a lot of people because like the personal hurdles, the characters need to get over, they're they're really relatable um mm-hmm. you know whether it's getting over your own bullshit pride or like trying to find closure through tragic events that have taken part in your life or like the loss of a loved one and shit like that like it handles them really like with a lot of honesty um and it tries to be as warm as possible as well uh which is funny considering that it takes place in the coldest <laughs> place on earth mm-hmm. i mean like, and what I like about it is that, like, whether the characters realize it or not, they're, like, they're all on a journey to grow and in some, in some way. And in doing so, they make each other stronger in the process. Um, and it's a set of characters you feel actually grow together. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they start out as acquaintances and you really feel that bond by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, and there's a real great line uh, in the show that I think summarizes it really well. And it, it's like, um, if you can still turn back, it's not a journey. And that's I think that that yeah. basically, oh, that a good line. I think that sums up everything that like the show is going for, both with its root concept of going to Antarctica and the emotional journey that these characters go on. You know, because it takes a lot of bravery, bravery to yeah. address the things that they need to deal with. You know, get your own bullshit together. Uh, so it's just, like, super fulfilling show, top to bottom. It's produced by Madhouse, so it's goddamn amazing looking. So pretty. Yeah. Uh, there's so much... Like, the writing is fantastic. Like, the script work is just super smooth across the board. There's so much, like, interstitial dialogue. So much one-off dialogue that'll catch you off guard that's almost just weirdly poetic. That it's just <laughs> like, man... Like, like, the people that were behind this show did a great job it's just great sound design um insert songs are always on fucking point there are so many it's ridiculous that's it's almost parody at that i think every episode i think it's not every episode but it's almost every episode like maybe 11 of 13 or something yeah maybe like 11 to 13 has a goddamn insert song and they know exactly where to put it every fucking time Every time, like, there's a moment where it gets louder, it, like, takes the focus 
right as yeah. you start to cry. It's like amazingly mm. timed. It is just such a tightly constructed show mm-hmm. of how like every episode is kind of an individual little story, but also kind of adding to the greater whole of the journey. Yeah. So it's, it's... kind of episodic, but also like obviously it's one continuous journey, but then like, I think there's also kind of three arcs to it. Like it's a three story. Stru- yeah. Yeah. Cause like the first five episodes when they're at home and then the four kind of on the journey and then the last four into Antarctica, like it's mm-hmm. incredibly well balanced and like every character kind of gets their episode in each of those arcs. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Boy, I sure cried a lot near the end. Yeah. There. <laughs> this, is the not a, this is not a show that I went into expecting. Like I didn't go oh, into I should have sh- warned you. I didn't go into this show expecting to be hit in the feels as hard as I was. Um, but I'm glad it did. Uh, you know, I'm glad I took the journey, so to speak. Um, it's, man, it's not one to be missed. If you, if you like those kind of quiet contemplative shows that's genuinely heartwarming, genuinely touching, genuinely funny, and with characters that I think that you absolutely will grow to love by the end, like, yeah, like, and this is a show that I feel you'll get something out of. Uh, personally, I think that there's a little something there for everybody to pull uh, from, even if it's not directly from a situation. I think that this is a show that's just full of really good messages that is cognizant of things that can happen in the world that are bad, but is all in on, hey, let's confront those things in a, in a healthy way uh, and let's let's have a good cry about it if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, shows very good about having a good cry about things when it needs to. Uh, and you'll, you'll probably join it on more than one occasion when it does. Yeah. Uh, but it's just a show that's full of a lot of good energy, I think. Um, but, like, it's not what I was expecting going in at all. Uh, like I said, I, I, I thought... I kind of can't believe you thought they weren't going to go on the journey. I didn't think they would. I literally thought this was going to be one of those, like, it's a yeah. metaphor. Like, Antarctica is just <laughs> I mean, a metaphor it, it for is, a fort. But still, That's uh, the funny thing is that it still it is. It still is. But I thought it was literally just going to be, like, okay, like, this is our second year in high school, and I thought it was going to stretch to the, you know, mm. to the end of their high school, and that, like, they never went to Antarctica, but the Antarctica was the friends they made along the way. That's what <laughs> I thought, and if this show would have been that, I would have been real fucking mad. There's no way we would have been singing its praises the way... No. Yeah, I, I'm not really... I don't get super jazzed about the... Fat, oh, we have the festival episode yeah, shows. Yeah, so. never into that kind of crap. It seems like the main thing that you're really taking away from it is just like I really appreciated how emotionally mature the show was. Absolutely, yeah. it's very honest. Like it's not mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, it, it's literally just growing up, and and mm-hmm. like the, the the and it's a positive message about like you don't have to fucking go to Antarctica to to come to <laughs> to, to find the kind of fulfillment that this show is trying to talk about. Um, and I think that it does a good job of saying that, like, even the little things in the part of a journey, um, you know, can be a journey in and of themselves. Um, and, and I think the show's good at showing you both sides of that. It's like, yeah, like, the show is a show about this great big adventure and going to Antarctica, but it, it, it's more about the connections and the things that we, we, we can do to 
lift ourselves up and lift others up around us that means the most, I think. Uh, and I think that, the, like, you know, even as the show is ending during its final credit sequence, you see that because you, you see that effect that it has had on people and various characters over the course of the show. And I think that it's really cool. Like, it's definitely not one to be missed, I think. Yeah. Is, uh, cool. for, for, that sucks gets approved. Is, yes, I guess a, a, place, a place further than the universe is 100% socks cast approved. What was the last socks cast approved oh, anime? God, Monica. Uh, Monica and um, oh, Shinsekai Yori. Yeah. Okay, Shinsekai Yori, because that was like within the podcast. Yeah, yeah. God. There's cool. a line like towards the start of the show where they meet the quiet girl and she's like, "Oh, but you three are best friends, right?" And they look at each other like, "Yeah, they like." Just... We only met like a month ago. Yeah, oh. yeah, but yeah. Then, but it... then at the end of the show, there's a line, and I forget who says it, where she's like, "Oh yeah, we're best friends." Yeah, and, we're like, best friends. <gasps> yeah, it's and, like, real it's a... good at tying its themes together, like yeah. That. And how that's not a thing they ever officially decided. It's just we know we're best friends now. That's well, and that's just being honest. That's how friendship yeah. works. Like you don't but just. There's an episode about how friendship. Yeah, works, about so. how friendship <laughs> works because you know, like, like some people view the world in a mechanical way like that because it's yeah. all they know. And they've been sheltered. Yeah. So yeah. Man, that show's real good. Yeah. Happy I watched that one. The friends leaving the group chat. The friends. Oh God. Oh man. Yeah. Oh. Show's got a lot of real, like this is a show of moments, Mm -hmm. and it's got a lot of them where, like, yeah, it'll either leave you crying or just like throwing fists in the air, like, "Fuck yes!" (laughs) Somebody (laughs) said it. I messaged me like, "Well, go ahead." Sorry. Oh, there. I messaged both of you about the piss off one last night. Yeah, yeah, that's. (laughs) that's a real fucking good moment. And as somebody's yep. had a lot of moments like that and been able to deliver that moment of just like, <laughs> it feels real good. <laughs> God, I think the, I think the last two episodes, especially for what is a super sad story, they handle it so deftly of like, not, <laughs> You know, I think it the way they handle grimmer. the way they handle that subplot is so perfect. Yeah. It the and there is a the there is a stinger yeah. right at the yeah. end of the show yeah. in episode thirteen, where where an item gets passed from one character to another that sends that entire thing that that entire subplot becomes something super special in that moment. Yeah, it's just like you're taking that and giving that to someone else. Like that's the that's it that's the theme <laughs> that's everything right there. Take huh. that positivity and give it to someone else, and that's that's yeah that is that is a place oh. further than the universe. As a real random aside, there was a side character that I was like, I recognize that voice, and I looked it up, and it was Blonde from Neptunia. <laughs> <laughs> but but like a totally minor, not not worth mentioning character really on the boat. Oh, I was no. like, but I'm like, I just, I know that voice. See, I only know Wendy Lee, so. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. You know, the good dub of, of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was confused. Like, oh yeah, but wait a minute. Do we watch this dubbed? No. No. <laughs> I'm being a weeb again. He's being a weeb. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just found out the game I'm going to talk about next does not have a Wikipedia page. Oh. I don't know how that happens because it's not a... Yeah, what? Some John Fire energy. But it's not, though. <laughs> There's somebody on the top <laughs> page going, this game has been nominated for the Game Awards Best VR Game. Da-da-da. Have, like, why does this not have its own page? And nobody replied. Ouch. Man. Video games and getting noticed for making video games and getting your video game noticed is real fucking hard today. Who the fucking guess, right? Like Wikipedia and their whole like notability, notability bullshit. bullshit. It's like, fucking stupid. History is written by the winners. It's fucking. You guys got infinite space, dog, right? <laughs> it's yeah. It's information control. It's so weird. Thought control. Information control. What is that? Is that Metal Gear? It probably so. is, but I'm being like sincere. So yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just trying to remember what the line was, but also sincere. Yeah. Junk data. We gotta expunge all the junk data. It's not this data is not corporate enough. It's junk data. Not notable. <clears throat> I'm back. So Rhett, you yeah. were saying you were saying. I think John is next. That, well, we're going to segue oh. the way I want to segue. How about that? Okay. So I'll you were that. saying that a video game that you're going to talk about is <laughs> not on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm making yeah. this I'm making this like the most fucking ham-fisted segue now. <laughs> Unlike all our other ones. But yeah. Just smooth as, smooth as <clears throat> butter. But mm-hmm. look, look, Rhett brought it up, and I was just like, my brain was like, yeah. oh, wow, we should just jump that way. We should, Hell yeah. okay. we should okay. fucking just do it to him. We should just fucking okay. do it to him. You know you had to. I had to. Okay. I, Polly, I want to see how quick I can lose you on a game. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I will start the timer. Okay. Now. From the creator, co-creator of Rick and Morty. Done. Nah, oh, keep going. Keep, like... keep going. That is not. That actually is not enough to turn me off. Oh, okay. It's a. It's it's also a VR game. Are we out yet? <laughs> I'm I'm still here. I only because okay. I've seen you post things from this game, and I'm like, man, that game seems real fucking funny. Really seems fucking funny. Uh, yeah. I played Trover Saves the Universe. Yeah, like this seems really cool to me. It's a game by Justin Roiland. Well, I mean, not by, but you know. Involvement uh, was a was a major role, and I think he voices like literally every character. I think so because everybody sounds the same, pretty mm. pretty much. There's even like jokes where characters like, "Oh, now I'm sounding like this other character." Shit, uh, I've got to get back in my correct voice here. <laughs> like, every, everybody's just it's kind of a drunk. mess that yeah. way. Yeah, it's a happy mess. I like shit like that though. So this, this is a VR game where you play as Trover. You, or actually, you control Trover. You actually play as a guy stuck in a chair because it's a <laughs> VR game. Right, right. <laughs> and you have to go on this weird space adventure to save the universe. And this game has a very <laughs> twisted sense of humor, let's say. It is unbelievably vulgar. Uh, yeah, it and seems am, that way. <laughs> I am extremely easily amused. I hear video characters game characters drop f-bombs and i start laughing you just don't get a giggle out of that i get it. it what was that animated movie a few years ago sausage party yeah 
it kind of has that energy of oh, just like right. it's just characters saying fuck this shouldn't be this fucking funny but it's just characters just fucking dropping fucking f-bombs constantly for no fucking reason <laughs> brett you Basically. made a cartoon series where characters say fuck like it's a comma yeah basically that the other thing this game is really good about and this makes sense because it's a vr game is that it's very reactive to what you're doing oh yeah so like so like just especially towards the start of the game like the first half i think maybe leaned into it a bit more and then they're like listen you're not going to actually sit and listen to five minutes of dialogue every single time something happens right but the very start of the game where it's like the very intro is like if only I could use the right stick to turn my chair. <laughs> and then the character, like you're watching TV and there's these characters saying, oh yeah, well I bet you can't use the right stick to change your view left and right. Ah, uh, don't you dare tell me to use the right stick to turn my chair left and right. And it, <laughs> it just keeps going until you finally do it. <laughs> and then the char- and then Trover joins and he's like, okay, come over here. Press R2 on this button to go over here. What the fuck? Are you going to do it or not? I love shit like that. (laughs) I love really dumb shit like that. And, like, you just feel his frustration because you control him directly with the analog stick. And he's like, okay, you put me on the thing. Now press R2 to warp over here. No, you you walked me off of it. What the fuck are you doing? Just fucking press R2 over here. Jesus Christ. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) Like, So there's a lot of that. And then, like, you can choose, well whether to kill or not kill characters. And when you kill him, he's like, oh man, you just, what the fuck? You just fucking had me stab that guy. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and like, there's parts where like you can go, where you're listening to like plot relevant and important characters and you can just walk away and they're just like, uh, okay. Okay. Bye. Later. We're like we Wheatley does yeah. that in uh, Portal Two a lot. Like if you like when oh, he's yeah. with you, and like you could fuck with him in a lot of the same ways. Where yeah. if you just like walk away from him, well, all right, I'll talk to you later then. <laughs> yeah, I love I Wheatley, so- by the way. Yeah, he's great. Of that game, he's very great. oh god, they- when's Portal VR? God damn it! <laughs> I w- man, it Portal- makes it. They they tried it. It makes you throw up. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> when are we gonna do it? Let's go. <laughs> I want That's I want Glados to take into account that you may be throwing up, or have <laughs> a, or a way to determine if you're throwing up, like the way it might bucket. read your head. Open bucket. <laughs> That'd be wild. That was with the game. It's like where why it works in this is because you're kind of warping between these specified warp points. Like the game has a very binary like are you in the same area as these characters or not? Yeah. It's like, if you walk like 50 feet away and then hit the thing to you hit R2 on the thing to warp over here, then the characters are like, Oh, he walked away, you know? Yeah. So it's able, it's able to be like reactive and not like kind of guessing of what you're doing or not. Yeah. Like they, they could probably tell if you're looking at a character or not, but like they never go quite that far. Yeah. Well, like even half-life two can do that. Yeah. You have to throw the can at the card. Yeah, throw the can at the guard. Like, like I know that, again, Wheatley knows if you're looking at him or not because there's an entire gag based on him turning. Like, he needs you to turn around so he can hack oh. a terminal. And if you don't turn around, like, he has like three or four minutes straight dialogue. It's like, no, yes. can't really do it if you don't turn around. Don't really feel comfortable right now. Yeah, this really does have that same energy of like them putting in way more dialogue than they need to for stuff like. If you're not going to cooperate, yeah, yeah, like, like, and if I was making a game, that's the that's the dumb shit I would do. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like you're getting a lot of entertainment value by just having this voice actor improv for five minutes, basically. Yeah, exactly. Get your value out of that voice actor. Yeah, especially when... (laughs) Especially when they're doing every single character, probably. God, some of these... Some of the incidental dialogues, though, get kind of nasty. Oh, well, I mean, given... Given where it's yeah. coming from, I'm not surprised. There's, there's like two guards that stand on a bridge or like on a castle wall that like taunt you, like "Haha, you can't get up here." And then I swear at some point, I, I swear they're like, "Anyways, mm, I really want to fuck you up the ass, yeah." Like, you want to, you want to bend me over and fuck me, huh? Yeah. Oh, I just, that's all I can think about. It just goes on and on too for like five minutes. <laughs> Like how it's, Rhett's acting like this is vulgar and nasty when he says worse shit to me in Twitter DMs oh, every Jesus. day. <laughs> but it's just like just having these characters voice it for like six minutes. And... It's just like you really, you really <laughs> get a stiffy for cartoon characters saying bad things. Really, hey, Rhett? <laughs> like the first time, the first time you watched The Simpsons and Homer said "damn" was like your biggest oh, moment. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a weird point at some of them where it's like, should I just walk away? Do I have to experience all of the content of this video game? Yes. <laughs> or am I just going to sit here for five minutes every single time characters won't stop talking? Like, that would be me. <laughs> like, what, look, man, when I played Wonder Song, I wanted to get everything I could out of yeah. every interaction. Like, that would be me playing that game. It's like, I'm getting everything out of this game. I am trying. Yeah. And that's what this kind of game is for. It's to play. Yeah. Come on, you play in these games. Or sometimes you sit and watch. And keep in mind, you're also in VR. Yeah. So I'm just looking up at these two characters who just keep talking for five minutes about wanting to bang each other. I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, I'm here for that kind it's of so dumbassery. <laughs> so, yeah. And then That's a lot excellent. of the conversations will eventually end with, like, and now, okay, I'm sick of talking anyways. I'm going to go stare in that direction and stop talking ever again. <laughs> like, it's so on the nose at points it's like mm, yeah like I, this mm. is the kind of dumb humor that i would write yeah let's let's meditate for a while okay we're gonna close our eyes and get real quiet for a while <laughs> probably the rest of the game yeah until you walk, walk over and kill them obviously because th- there is there is gameplay in this it's kind of a 3d beat-em-up it's a very easy one rudimentary but like Again, VR just kind of makes everything more interesting. Yeah, than it than mm-hmm. it kind of has the right to be. What I find really fascinating about this is like most like you start out at a ground level viewpoint because you're your character literally called a chair orpian, like an alien race <laughs> of people that that only sit in chairs. And Trover himself is an eye hole monster because you get upgrades and you put them. He puts them in his eyes. Mm. So makes you sense. Are, yes. Oh, it's it's super stupid. <laughs> so you're a chair orpian, and, which is why you have to stay in your chair and can only teleport between these specified <laughs> warp points. But pretty early in the game, you get an upgrade that will boost your chair like 20 feet into the air, and then you can do it twice. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's basically you're getting a top-down viewpoint, so you're having to really look down to see what's below you. And I thought that was really interesting because it gives you like... It gives you a, a gameplay appropriate viewpoint for platforming. Mm-hmm. But then if you want, like for the combat, it's real kind of intimidating when 
you're on the ground level and like these characters are running around you like sword fighting and they're just right in your face. That's yeah. I, I yeah. Like the sense of scale is really impressive. Yeah. Like when you're like, Oh, all these characters are like way taller than me. <laughs> but then if you want, you can just pop up into the air and kind of have a more gamey, like distant view experience. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And so it's cool having a game that balances both of those. Cause I think VR stuff is always way more impressive when it's super close to you. But it's not great for a, from a gamey point of view. So having both at the click of a button is really nice. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. And then there's some other stuff like there was that Psychonauts game a couple of years ago. It kind of borrows some stuff for that where you get telekinetic powers yourself and can kind of pick up and throw blocks in the environment. And then like if an enemy drops a sword, you can pick it up yourself and then hurl it at an enemy. Oh, neat. Like, again, it's very basic stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's a fun game. It's <laughs> I read an a read read a review of it after I finished it that was like this game is about nihilism, and after the ending, I was like, "Yep, yeah, <laughs> this game it goes for it." <laughs> I've never quite had the experience of finishing a game as when I finished this one, where I was just like, "Huh, game end, huh?" Yeah, I can see that. That's kind oh. of like like I can see that general attitude coming from yeah this kind of game and like the, the way it presents yeah. itself it it mm. kind of maybe came a bit out of the blue where it's like oh hmm, you just fuck everything right fuck everything like that's this game's viewpoint is fuck everything i mean that's kind of where i'm at right now so yeah yeah i get that so yeah like i'm but yeah as a as of comedy i think it works and then as like an experiment in 3d platformers it's also interesting where it's like oh i could totally see now how you could do like Super Mario Odyssey in this kind of warp point system mm-hmm. of like having the camera warp between these points and then being able to adjust the height so you can actually make jumps and see distances. But you'd obviously want to make a more interesting game than Super yeah, Mario but Odyssey. Th- but I think just the way the levels in this are structured are actually fairly similar to that where it's kind of these open and because you don't necessarily have it's fairly linear, but there are a few side detours. Well, hopefully you're not tripping over a moon every six steps. No, you're not because doing that. You, you're tri- because the dopamines in your brain are not getting uh, they're, they're not getting over activated. Dick jokes every six seconds. Well, I can deal with that. That's fine. Yeah. So that's Trover saves the universe. John. Yeah. What you been up to? Um. So Polly brought up Shinkai, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, um. No. I was setting up for a super <laughs> go- the, cool transition. It's the anime episode. <laughs> um. I saw the new Shinkai movie, Weathering with You, in theaters. Hmm. Um. It's not available anywhere at all now because it was a limited run very yeah. limited um so i'm not gonna talk at length about it mm-hmm. um if you don't want to hear at all then maybe tune out for a little bit i'll post something in chat when i'm done mm. is it a shinkai movie it's oh so you haven't seen the older ones like that used to mean something to me like like shinkai movie to me is literally oh look two people pining for each other and uh... they want to go to a place further than the universe <laughs> yeah like man i like five centimeters per second but ever since it's just been like man you keep writing the same boring fucking story your name your name is hot garbage so i rewatched your name um i got it for i asked for it for christmas on blu-ray and i got it and i watched it with my family we all loved it because it's great Okay, I mean, I like, you're trying to make I, family hate anime. Good job. And they, they all had a great time, and we liked it. Because um, it's very pretty and also a very nice, good story. 
Man, um, I just didn't feel the body swapping shit meant anything. Nobody learned anything. Yeah. It's just... That movie just makes me mad because it's wasted <laughs> potential. I don't understand that. It's just like... It's just there's, like... It's two movies smashed together. There's the body swapping stuff, which amounts to nothing, and then there's the time travel movie, which is all right. The... It's just that, like, you could have had, like, the body swap movie, but instead, which would have just been, like, a pretty normal thing, just kind of going, boop, 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 oh, we've learned our lessons, and da-da-da, there's the movie. Instead, they just have this big turn right in the middle, and things go in a completely new direction, and it's all informed by all the body swapping stuff, but I really like that direction. I thought it, to me, it reminded, it, it made me think about the Hitchcock movie Vertigo, where, like, halfway through the movie, it just is, like... Nope, we're doing something different now, and it's just this completely weird turn. Um, but it, but everything that came before it has to be there for that stuff after that to make sense. So I really connected with that. So for me to like to to, to make that to, to make that connection, I would have to watch Your Name again, and I'm never doing that. <laughs> that's so that's so okay. Um, I'm not convinced that it's like intense essential. Maybe it's because I'm colored by weathering with you a little bit. Um, which I did see, and it is just your name again. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a Shinkai movie. Boy, oh boy. It, um, I don't know. I don't think it's the Shinkai movie that that what that used to mean. I think it is now. It's he's doing your name again. It's the parody <laughs> well, of what Shinkai movie actually like. Shinkai movie means something, but then there's the parody of it that I basically subscribe to now. And. It's just that Weathering With You does just has the exact same shape as your name, where like we have the have the thing progressing and then halfway through we have the big turn and then huh. literally like the ending sequence progresses like very, very closely. Um like shot wise, it looks very Jeez. similar. It's real rough. Mm. Except that instead of it being this weird turn, um that like was cool and surprising and then the cool time travel thing it just goes in exactly the way you expect it's going to and then things just kind of progress pretty much just how you expect through to the end of the movie mm. and that kind of bummed me out a little bit because it felt like this very simple story mm-hmm. but it was almost two hours long and it didn't feel like it needed to be because it wasn't it didn't feel like it, it felt like it would be this cool 80 minute fable Man, like, that's what I used to like about Shinkai movies is that they used to be 50 to 70 minutes long and they mm-hmm. got in, did their thing, and it was nice. But now it's like they're bloated in a way that um, Ghibli movies are. Mm-hmm. And it just... I see that comparison. Ugh, it's like, it's like that, that. Like I feel like the people that are financing Shinkai's movies now are like, well, you're the, ne- you're the next Studio Ghibli, so... Make all the money you want. Make all, here's all the it. money, uh, and your movies have to be two and a half hours long and boring. <laughs> yeah, like again, your name. Like I was just invested the whole time. It keeps going at these, like the the big dream, the big sequence in the middle where he's goes and drinks the sake mm-hmm. in the cave, and it's just like, like that is that sort of next level for me. How mm-hmm. that progresses, mm-hmm. and then the final body swap there in the end, and then. The, the way it goes from this really exciting kind of a- sort of action climax mm-hmm. with the meteor and to them talking but not talking on the on the cliffside 
and then writing the names, but not quite. And then the Shinkai movie at the end. This is, I think, how <laughs> Rhett described it. Um, cool. Great. This one is just like, it just kind of keeps going in the way you think it's going to. Um, and when it gets sad, it gets sad in exactly the way. It's like very strictly set up. And it's set up in like, it's like 20 minutes in. They say, this is the bad thing that's going to happen. And then an hour in, the bad thing that's going to happen happens. And it's like, oh, okay. And it has this extended thing of of the boy longing and running. and oh, yeah. oh, I, it can, just, I can literally oh, see just, the shot. Oh, I can see this movie shot for shot in my head. Yeah. And, the, and I think the thing that kind of really hurt it for me is just that the lady character is just very passive. Just, like, she does not really drive the story at all. It's pretty much just this boy. Um, and there's a couple parts where it seems like it's going to have some kind of, like, edge or bite to it. And then it just kind of chickens out. It doesn't. Mm. Like, it does not. Like, there, there's a gun in this movie. This is introduced early on. Whoa! And then Chekhov's gun. A gun in the first act! There's a gun in the first <laughs> act, and it might show up again later. Um, and it just, there's no... Like, they introduce this, like, weight and violence, and it doesn't really pay off in any way. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm just, like... So I, I, I was in a bad mood when I went to the movie. Because mm-hmm. um, somebody was rude to me right before it, and I was just sitting there just, like, the whole time, like, I'm sorry. It's... I, I just... Uh, just mad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that part just there's just a number of things that just kind of bothered me throughout it. And I went online and everyone really loved it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and I remember, like, I haven't seen a Hosoda movie since Wolf Children. And I came out of that one um, just kind of like... I think a big thing with Japanese animation is that a lot of Western critics, that just the style and the presentation is so fresh and new because they have quiet moments. They have long shots to establish atmosphere they have um just this whole style of animation presentation that's not really present in a lot of western stuff right and i think that impresses people so much that the actually talking about the story kind of takes a bit of a backseat to that and i think that's like you're talking about studio ghibli stuff i think that's a big like i like a lot of those movies i think that explains a lot of it's more the way these stories are told is what people are connecting with. Yeah. Um, and with this one, I was just like, yeah, I get it. I, this way the story is told is very nice. I, I appreciate that. Um, but there's something, there's something here that doesn't feel quite right. Mm. And it's, it's beautiful at being what it is and everything is just like coming right off of your name made it was real, was a real bad call. Yeah. <laughs> So. It sounds like, I don't know, it does sound like the whole bad mood before you went in to see it, and then also having just seen your name, like, that is kind of a... It was a bad combo. It's a bad combo, yeah. Because mm-hmm. mm. it's very good at basically being that, but it's the it's the combo of the weird gender politics and the... Yeah. And the very, like, straightforward structure and feeling kind of bloated. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, that, so I can't... I can't that was like I, I kind of extending that like olive branch like hey I didn't really like this one at least <laughs> I didn't like I kind of get this Shinkai right. not liking this one this one I don't think this would be your jam Polly no I I'm pretty <laughs> much I'm skipping it entirely 
I want to watch some of the old Wachinkais now, though. At least you should. Like, I want to see you deep dive through all his movies in chronological order and be like, oh, it's just the same movie five times in a row or whatever. Yeah. Um, he, he worked as an animator. He worked as an animator at Falcom uh, before hitting it big. Oh wow, interesting. Um, but like <sighs> he wrote, he made five centimeter seconds, which I watched ages ago, and it was sixty minutes. And he made twenty yep. minute short films, and like, yes, thank you. That's what I want for. I think all this of his small of pieces, all of his small pieces, are his best work. Like most of the feature stuff, it's just like, oh my god. Like I think that was like the the place promised in our early days, which is like, yeah, <laughs> dude, this this literally could have been forty minutes. Oof. It's the names. I'm still laughing about how A Place Further Than the Universe just literally sounds like a Shinkai yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just uh, has that same sense of longing and distance, you it know? It really does! Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I first brought it up, it's all excited to be like, I, okay, I know this sounds like a Shinkai movie, but it's not. <laughs> this one's good, I promise. I. It's that feeling of like, okay, I get the intensity of the feeling that you're going for, can you please make characters that feel like people? <laughs> yeah. Can I that's... just have a story about some people instead of about this longing? Like, that's the thing. Is like, longing is the only character Makoto Shinkai knows how to write. He, mm-hmm. And that's not even a character. Longing is not a character. Uh, the guy doesn't know how to write characters. I don't think the guy knows what people are. Man longing for a woman. Man longing for oh, a woman. God, that's that literally is... it. I think he would be a great collaborator with somebody else who can write story and characters and still have that. Because I can appreciate just wanting this one vibe Yeah. so badly. <laughs> He's longing for that feeling in all of his movies. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just never have felt the characters or stories in, like, yeah. any of them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's That was the, that was my, um, your name. That was my one adventure there. Um... And one other thing I kind of wanted to bring up. Go for it. Man. This has been like four months. Oh, wow. I went on... Well, this is the I... backlog episode. Yeah. I know. No, it's been like over the process of four months. Oh. I did a deep dive on a bunch of Joan of Arc media. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't, re- can't imagine what spawned this. And I wanted to know how that was, uh, how that kind of felt from the other side of that. Since I never really talked about it on here. But like I saw, so a full year ago, I finished Eight Apocrypha, and I was like, God, <laughs> "Yep, fucking, that's what I thought." Fucking hate Joan of Arc in this story. Yeah, she's, she's pretty bad. Worst. I hate her. I hate everything about how she's written and designed, and I hate the her dumb love story. Um, and then I was like, you know, that's probably that was a real person. It kind of sucks that my only image of this real person is this awful. Yeah. Meat. This awful, awful fucking awful anime. Uh, that's still my least favorite Fate thing. Um, and hey, you need to check out that original Fate Stay Night anime then, because, oh boy, it's, oh, a stin- it's a stinker. At least it's based on a strong story. No, it's uh, not. No, it's not <laughs> no. at all. It's strong. It has to be stronger than Fate fucking Apocrypha. But it's like... It's based on your least favorite root of the three, right? I know, then, but the least... And then it's also a bad adaptation to straight out. Fate, Fate Apocrypha is like... It's trying to be both a bad version of Fate Zero and a bad version of the first root of Fate Stay Night. That's, those are the two competing yeah. things there. The, the, John, the Joan love story is just, the, is just Fate Stay Night root one. Yeah. 
I noticed, even though it's the worst love story in that game, it's still much worse than Fate Apocrypha. I noticed watching Fate Zero again recently how many things, like, Apocrypha just tries to kind of crib from it Mm -hmm. and make reference to. And the fact that Jean actually does show up in Fate Zero I'd forgotten about. And I read that, like, they had just finished her design and was like, let's throw her in the anime adaptation we're doing. It's, like, weird. (laughs) Yeah. And then on, um... And then in the V in the when he wrote um, Fate Go chapters about Joan of Arc specifically, oh, he made yeah. Bluebeard like the big the big bad, and like he just steals a bunch of Fate Zero characters, and it's just the worst. It's like no, you don't know how to write these people. You can't. You don't know how to write people. So <laughs> that's fine. Whatever. Hikishide doesn't matter. I watched the the nineteen twenty eight silent movie Joan of Arc story, and I cried a lot. Because it's really well done. It's really exaggerated. It's very much like... Well, it's a it's, silent movie. It has to be. It's a, It has to be. It's it's about the trial of Joan of Arc before she... When she's basically t- sold the English, the English for a bogus church trial. Yeah. And then um, sentenced to death, ultimately. And it's really happened. And it's a big old bummer. And it's this miserable, like, pretty tightly paced movie um, where just all of the judges you like see from low angles just cast in shadow and they're just they just Mm -hmm. look like demons Mm -hmm. and then every shot and then like half the quarter of the movie is just joan's face in close up and just like in awful pain like emotional pain man that's that's such a weird vibe (laughs) and then and then she then she's killed at the end it's very very sad and i was just like oh I'm really connecting with this. I guess you, it's not just, you don't just have to get good stories about women suffering from anime and video <laughs> Oh games. my god. Like, but that was like the shallow, immediate yeah. reaction. I was just recognizing like, okay, this is why I was connecting with this on a visceral level. Let's maybe dive a bit, a bit deeper. And then the 1962 movie um, was specifically by a guy that did not like that movie. <laughs> And was and was actually French, the first actually French person to do this story, and it's about the same thing. Her trial, and it's sixty minutes, and it's very mundane and talky, mm. and it pulls as much stuff from the actual records of her trial, which we have. We have like very yeah. detailed records of Joan of Arc's trial. Like it's we know more about her than basically anybody else from that time frame because we have these extent these five months of trials from people writing these down and another trial twenty five years later where they were bring the trial of reconciliation where they're like, oh maybe this maybe she wasn't a witch or a yeah. heretic. Yeah. Um and that so that second movie was just like it was like different on a few very key points. Um and just tells it in kind of a much more mundane and human way. And that, I think, kind of complicated things enough in my brain where it's like, okay, now I'm not kind of interested in this just from, like, the the immediate, like, oh, this is a this is now an I'm emotional... Having, I'm having a great time watching women suffer. It is goes it from not... that to something a little more, not really wholesome, yeah. but more um, uh, w- with more of a construction. More hu- more human, more actually based in reality. Yeah. I think than just like I, I I really connect with martyr stories in general. Like that just I just connect with that. Mm-hmm. Um and then this was like, okay, this is an actual person. So I, I then got I actually nabbed a biography 
which took me like three months to get through because then I started reading it and I realized, oh, this is a textbook. And I didn't even read textbooks. Oh, whoops. <laughs> and I was just like, so I just very slowly got through that. And I came to realize just like the 1962 movie is very historically accurate in comparison. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I just got through this whole thing and it was like, oh, cool. It's, there's a bunch of like these little dramas as you learn about like the political stuff going on around this, like this one battle or whatnot that she led. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was interesting to like read something just completely based in the actual historical documents we have access to and have it be kind of exciting as a story in certain points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now I kind of get why a bunch of fantasy nerds are also like history nerds. Like you're just how you pull these kinds of political stuff, squabbles and just people. Yeah. And then, build your own stories out of that so that was a very it was a very cool interesting arc to go on um it just like starting off with this like very starting off with a version of the character i hated and then going to this version of the story that gutted my heart and tore it through a bunch of knives and then going to okay but what was this actual person and then kind of trying to deep dive that and get a better sense of it um and i thought it was really fun and cool there you go Okay, so when do you watch The Messenger? Yeah. I did not watch The Messenger. I did no, watch when... the... <laughs> That's next, When right? do I? Uh, I watched the 2017 heavy metal musical version. <laughs> what? Called Jeanette. Oh, um, my childhood God. of Joan of Arc. And I got my mom to watch it with me. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And it's extremely dense and, like, weird and esoteric and French. <laughs> oh, and it was, it was, um, I, I, I recommend that one the least among them, but I appreciate what it was going for, but it's almost two hours long and it feels, oh, geez. it feels so long. Oh man. The, the, the my mom and I kind of were positive saying it's like, it seems like the vibe they're kind of going for is that it's, um, is that it's like a grade school play version of the story they're trying to tell because they're not, they can't sing and they can't really act. And that's sort of it, <laughs> but it seems like that's intentional. And then they just kept doing that. <laughs> it's like, okay, mm. cool. And then nothing happens because it's just about her childhood. So she just leaves at the end. Like, okay, I'm going to go save France now. Well, there you go. So that, I had a, a variety. My mom was a saint for watching that, through that with me. Um, Man, the, so, yeah. people, the people that have to put up with you have to put up with a lot. <laughs> it's, but it's worth it for all my glowing oh. good qualities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Because I just bring... I'm like a ray of sunshine in everyone's life. Uh-huh. So yeah. it's worth being, putting up with some of the eccentricities. And that's basically... Yeah. yeah. I thought of a joke earlier. Can you, can you give me a, re, a redo for one part? You said okay. you, really, re, you really connect with martyr stories. Mm-hmm. I really connect with martyr stories. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say martyr stories or murder stories? <laughs> oh, I got a joke, too. I got a joke, too. Uh-huh. Okay. What is Jesus Christ's favorite department store what walmart <laughs> great there you go that's your uh the comedy portion the required comedy portion yeah of the uh <laughs> podcast that we have to do it's government mandated now in yeah. order for us to yeah. actually be able to do this so there you go there's your Did you ever... 20 Did you ever... se- there's your 20 required 20 seconds of comedy did you ever watch last temptation of christ by the way Oh, I did not get around to it, unfortunately. Oh, okay. I, I just know I promised to watch that if you watched it, because I was like, oh, let's do more martyr stuff. Did you watch <laughs> it? 
No, I didn't. Not yet. Oh, well, then we'll have to watch it and we'll report here next time. Excellent. That sounds like fun. I've seen it, but I did not watch it. Oh, but I know it's I know it's um, that's the one with Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm thinking of something different, obviously. Then uh, this is Scorsese. It's weird. Yeah. This is a yeah. What was the other weird Scorsese movie? Like it's not the it's not the Mel Gibson torture. Oh, okay. The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really interested in that. No, that's boring bullshit. Yeah, we're dying. This is Scorsese. Makes good movies. (laughs) Okay. So I think that, I mean, yeah, I saw Knives Out and it fucking ruled. Everyone should see it. I'm not going to say another word about it, basically, because you can just see it. It's a good Radiohead song. <laughs> Thank you, Polly. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Just, that's all I can think of. It's a good Radiohead song from the best Radiohead album. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Am- Amnesiac is better than Kid A. Fuck you. <laughs> You're not going to find any friends with that take, sorry. Probably not, sorry. probably not, but I will ride that take to the grave. Hey, I, I, I believe in your ideal. <laughs> Aw. Live your best life. <laughs> <laughs> I am done. That's all my stuff. Right, uh, Polly. Yo! Polly. What else have you been up to? Played a video game. Oh. Speaking of going to backlogs, I've had, um, I've actually owned this game once before. Back in probably bought I, I remember actually buying these games shortly after they came out and just never playing them. And then I lost them in a move. But Oh but 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 I was able to reacquire them late last year. Brand new still, which was surprising, for like fifteen to eighteen bucks a piece. Mm, nice. Which is real surprising when you consider PS2 RPGs are very, very, very expensive now. These things only go up in value, but for some reason, all a lot of this Atlas stuff from the era, except maybe Devil Summoner, Devil Summoner, those games are expensive as fuck. Those are like sixty-four to a hundred dollars a piece. Uh, mm-hmm. But like Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne and and things like that, and the Persona games, those things are still pretty cheap, but. Uh, I picked up a Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2, uh, or reacquired them, uh, never got to play them, so I played through the first one this past week, so there you go. That's Ooh, that's you got through the through. whole damn thing. Pardon? You got through the whole damn thing. Yeah, Digital Devil Just Saga. Digital Devil Saga is brisk as fuck. I finished this game Ooh. in like 34 hours, Like, uh, and for, for for a big RPG like this... I was expecting it to be a little longer. I was I was thinking, okay, this is easily going to probably hit 50 hours, so... But, yeah, like, uh, this is real fucking brisk for one of these games. So the first thing you need to know is Digital Devil Saga is not a Shin Megami Tensei game. It was never developed as one. Its original title in Japan has never had that moniker. Interesting. It's just, it's just D- Digital Devil Saga Avatar Tuner, I believe. Um... It just has the same digital devil. The digital devil story was the one for the first Mega Ten. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so it, sort of it was like it has like it's like it was that, originally being it was originally being written by someone else. Uh, I believe her name is Uida or something or Ugato Ugota or something. I don't remember <laughs> her name now. Uh, you should do research before you talk about things you don't <laughs> talk about, shouldn't you? Not on this podcast, you don't. Um. But, um, 
So despite that, you know, so, so despite, you know, not really being a Shin Megami Tensei game, uh, you know, still has, like, a bunch of Nocturne assets and demons and shit. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a game that's uh, a dungeon crawler with more of a focus on its story and characters. Um, and and it, it's got slightly higher presentation values than you would have seen in Nocturne. Like, this has actual cutscenes and voice dialogue. Uh, mm -hmm. characters interacting with one another instead of just kind of like these one-off text-to-box only um, interactions with demons that you tend to get in Mega Ten games. Like this one, it feels like even though it's not directly a Mega Ten game, this feels like them trying to... This feels like their first stab at making that series more um, main... to have more mainstream appeal. Mm -hmm. Just because of the way it's presented, like, with characters kind of front and center. Like, this is not a game that uh, has you collecting demons. Uh, you are demons. So, um, like, so, like, the story starts out, it's like, um, you're in this place, it's just, like, for, for some unknown reason, it's just locked in a state of perpetual war between uh, seven distinct tribes, and they're constantly vying for control. It's called the Junkyard. It's always raining. It's always dismal and terrible. Um... And then one day, the entire area just becomes infected with a virus that gives everyone the ability to turn into demons. And uh, the big central computer brain that governs everything tells them, oh, by the way, you've got to kill each other and eat each other uh, if you're going to survive. And only one tribe, uh, when only one tribe remains, uh, y'all get to go to uh, a place called Nirvana which we're not really sure what that is, but so long as you have the magical deus ex machina girl with you, uh, you get to go to Nirvana and, and everything will be nice and neat um, and happy. As um, long as you kill everybody else. As long as you kill everybody else. like that, it, It's a game that really focuses on that whole idea of eating other people, uh, but they never really... What, like You never get the impression that that's what's happening. Like, like, like it even plays a, a central role in, in in battles in that like when you beat your enemies you're technically eating them but like <laughs> it, it's like a weird conceit that never really feels followed through on because I don't think they had the balls to okay like or because I don't know if they knew or felt that they could push the boundaries in that way back then because you never really see anybody get eaten it's just <sighs> so and that's not me, like, trying to be gross or anything about it. It's, no, yeah. it's just, like, it's a weird thing to be such a central concept to the game, but I never really felt like it mattered at all. Like, yeah, people kind of get a little crazy if they, if the story dictates they haven't eaten in a while, I guess, but... How does it compare with the, um, with the gun head in Persona 3? Like, is that kind of a conceit? Well, that's I, like I another that, like very striking vis visual or idea that well, plays into a bunch of stuff. I think that that the, that the evoker stuff is actually followed through on though. I feel yeah, that I feel that I feel that it symbolizes something, and they follow through on that uh, on that symbolism. Whereas like the eating stuff is just well, this is, you keep telling me that this is a thing that happened, but I've literally never seen it put in practice. Like it just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like they could e like they could even have like like even I feel like to make this to to have sold the idea a little bit they could have just had like maybe enemies that were kind of crazed 
in portions of dungeons where you just kind of see them like gnawing on corpses or something like mm-hmm. kind of just littered around the areas but there's not even that uh it's just like a weird conceit that they keep talking about but i never see and i feel disconnected from it like i don't really yeah. f- like as, as important as the story tries to make it out to be i feel real disconnected from it um, yeah i get what that would get under your skin where it's like this is a very violent thing you're evoking right now, but yeah. you're not following through on it. So why even bother? Yeah, and and that's yeah. Like, but the story is kind of just like um, largely set up for uh, the second game. Honestly, like mm-hmm. this this game is getting you familiar with the characters. It's letting you know that things are real fucked, um, and they and that there are things that lie way deeper and that by the end of this game we're only going to scratch the surface of what's going on mm-hmm. so so you got to kind of go into this game getting used to that but I, but I imagine if you're going into something that's megaton adjacent you're probably okay with a story maybe not like even though this game does focus more on its story and characters you're probably still okay with it just like Okay, I'm probably here for all of like the squishy dungeon crawling, the and dungeons, stuff. yeah, and and the uh, um, that story stuff. It's there. It's nice. It's good window dressing, and I like the characters. I like their interactions, and I like the implications of the things that are going on. It's just the the unfortunate part of like that major part of your world that I don't connect with because you aren't committing. Yeah, you're not committing, and, mm-hmm. and that makes it feel real weird to me. But, hey, it's a dungeon crawler through and through. So you got your nice big dungeons. And uh, the dungeon design is kind of, well, it, 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 it's mostly straightforward, I feel like. there's uh, like The first couple major dungeons kind of share the same gimmick, though, where it's like we you went through the wrong thing, so we dropped you to a lower level. They kind of repeat, they repeat that like two dungeons Fun. in a row, and then there's a dungeon near the end of the game that's kind of maddening because of the big old teleporter maze. Oh, good! Oh, oh man, this oh, is classic. My huh? favorite. This is this is yeah, classic shit. Um, but it's not John's too. Like, it's not too John's over like, the top. It, it it it's not too over the top in terms of just being like you like. I think some of the stuff that I've seen in Nocturne puts a lot of the. the the dun- the puzzly dungeon stuff in this to shame, uh, but yeah, like just be aware that like maybe the dungeon design could have been a smidge more. Like I don't know, like if I'm playing a dungeon crawler, I probably just want to like you know, give me some mazes, give me some things to fight, make me stretch my resources thin. That's what mm-hmm. this game is good at. It's good at doing that. Um, the character progression system is different in that, um, like I said, you don't. Um, collect demons in this game you are the demons so instead of collecting demons you have to collect abilities um and this is brought in through uh the mantra system where uh think of it as sort of like espers where you equip a mantra on a character and then they are they start learning abilities under that mantra so like you you equip a mantra and it's got anywhere from one to four abilities. And once you've mastered the mantra, you just get all four abilities. You know, one to four okay. abilities, uh, and you can set those in your character. So you can like you can have up to eight abilities set per character uh, at a time. So uh, a lot of this game's strategy boils down to how you're setting up your abilities and what you're learning. And and it's definitely a system that could lend itself to grinding. Um, 
But I only found myself grinding for like I only grinded for like one hour, and it was just to grab one ability that let all of my characters get uh, experience, even if they weren't in battle. Nice. Um, that's a good. That's a good one to grind for. Yeah, early on, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good ability to get. Uh, it's the only one I stopped to grind for. But um, uh, what keeps the system from being really grindy though is like since the the press turn system, which is a, the basically kind of Shin Megami Tensei's calling card once mm-hmm. nocturne hit the press turn system is like exploiting weaknesses to get more turns um and this system kind of leans into that by helping you like when you uh exploit weaknesses there's a chance that enemies can become uh scared and when they become scared you can uh, devour them easier so if you devour an enemy you get more atma points which lets you max out your mantras quicker so it really kind of leans into you using the devour and hunting abilities more uh, to finish enemies off rather than just kind of like wiping them out the way you normally would in a dungeon crawler. So you kind of think a little more tactively uh, uh, with a little more tactics involved and how you mm-hmm. want, like if you want to like focus on a character learning a specific set of skills, you can do that if you want. Um, and um, let's see what else. I mean, it, it, it's not a bad system. Like I had a lot of, uh, of fun uh, working with the system uh Building for bosses is obviously what this game is, and most Shin Megami Just sort of the Mega Ten thing. Yeah. yeah, building for bosses, and I basically enjoyed pretty much all of the boss encounters in this game. Uh, they were fun to kind. Of, they were fun little puzzle boxes to figure out. A lot of the time, you're going to go in, like it's it's that dungeon crawler cycle of you got to go in, you got to find out what the boss does, so you know what to prepare for. Typically. So your first shot's typically going to be end in failure, right? Like, that's mm. just kind of how these games work. But, like, there were a number of times where I went in and was able to adapt because you can swap party members in and out um, using the press turn system, too. So, like, if a character is completely useless, I'm not just stuck with them until I die. I can just swap them out uh, and pull in a character who would be more effective. And I actually ended up first trying a lot of the bosses in this game, surprisingly. So... May, like, like I would say, um, if Shin Megami Tensei is something you're interested in, but like Nocturne is very scary for you, which I think which it should it be. is, yeah, that makes like sense. that game, that game is a lot. Like I've only played ten mm-hmm. hours of that game, and like what lies beyond that ten hours of that game still scares me. I think this is the year where we should all play that game, though. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, <laughs> we need to get but, right, yeah, we need I to get right to play it too. I will tell you, Nocturne scares me. I was kind of eyeballing this one as like, hey, I could start with Digital Devil Saga, and then like, when I go to Nocturne, it won't be as dramatic a leap, because that game is terrifying. Yeah, like, this game absolutely, um, this game is absolutely more accessible. It's, It's still going to beat your ass. Like, it's still a pretty hard game. But I don't think that I had the kind of moments where... Like, I, I've played moments of Nocturne where it's just like, okay, I can put the controller down because the video game does not want me playing anymore until my party's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, whereas this game, like, you definitely have moments that can come close to that, but it feels a lot easier to slug your way out. Um, mm-hmm. uh, like, I feel that this game, open to a little more brute force methods, whereas something like Nocturne, you probably got to put a little more focus in how you're actively training your characters and, and what demons you have. Whereas this game has five characters 
um, that you have to keep track of at all times, and that's not a lot. And the 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 way you learn skills is pretty linear. Like you go along, everybody goes. Everybody has access to the same mantra grid, so you you can either make everybody learn everything or specialize. Which I just chose mm-hmm. to specialize because I think that. I think that having a, a team that can do everything, like every, where every character can do everything, is boring. So, yeah, so I was just like, this character is going to be my wind character. This character is going to be my fire character. This character is going to be my physical character. This character is going to be my healer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that and that like makes for less grinding too if you can exactly. specialize smartly. Exactly, exactly. And if you're making use of hunt skills the way you should be, then like you're going to be learning. You you will be learning everything you need to learn on your way to the boss of every area because every dungeon is big enough that you're going to gain enough levels and enough atma points that you'll probably be fine by the time you reach the boss. And if you do have cool. to grind, I don't think that it would be a lot. Like, there's... I didn't run into a boss where it was just like, there's only one way to beat this. Whereas I feel a lot of dungeon crawlers can fall into that trap where it's just Especially like... Nocturne. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like, I don't know how you would do this without an X character with X ability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is definitely a lot more accessible than Nocturne. Um... If you're looking for a dungeon crawler to try out that maybe isn't uh, as intimidating as something like Etrian Odyssey or Wizardry or um, or, or or any other mainline uh, Mega Ten game, like Digital Devil Saga is probably a good way to go. I know that these games are available on PS2 Classics too. Um, yeah, see, I, that's the cool thing is I can actually download these and play them on my PS3. The only thing I I'm not sure if they fixed it, but I think that the cutscenes are screwed up in the PS3 versions, where like mm. the dialogue is uh, uh, offset, like like the sound is offset from the uh, in-game cutscenes. Ah, so, uh, bummer. So you might have to watch those on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, like other than that, like they're just really solid dungeon crawlers where like. Yeah, like I had a good time. It's brisk. Like I, I like I said, I was expecting a fifty-hour uh, RPG fest when I started this up, and then like I literally finished it like four or five days after I started it, which was really surprising. That's another good thing because Nocturne is like fifty hours on the sites. So. Yeah, I think I think Poncho uh, just finished Nocturne, and I think he clocked like seventy hours. God. So yeah. So that's a beat. That's a real beefy one. This is part one of two. Yes, this is part one of two. And Beepner says in chat that the eating theme matters uh, a bit more in one part of two. So uh, I I I have started playing Digital Devil Saga two. I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot right now. I'll just say that like this game, uh, Digital Devil Saga one, it comes to an exciting conclusion and leaves just the right amount of questions unanswered to where it was just like nice, like where it was just like. Normally, like, when I play a game and there's a sequel, it's like, okay, I'll come back to this later. Like, I was just like, mm-hmm. I told myself that after finishing this, but it was just mm-hmm. like, uh, maybe like a day and a half later. I was like, all right, let's play Digital Devil Saga 2. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, but I like really... That, like I like really, the wholesome version of the it's My Sweet Coden experience. Yeah, this is a much oh, better geez. version of your Sweet Coden experience. So, but uh, I really like the atmosphere of this game. Um, like, just the, the junkyard is just so dismal and dank and dark and it's always raining and it's just crappy um and and i feel that like the ps2 has a way of presenting that kind of atmosphere in a way that i don't think um other consoles can like there's like just kind of a dinginess to it that i really like 
um, that that's presented cool. really well here. And like the 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 music is really good. Unsurprisingly, it's Shoji Meguro. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like this laid back kind of like airy guitar rock that I was not expect, but it really matches that rainy atmosphere. So it's just like laid back rainy guitar rock. It's not like going full out, like trying to trying to hold your attention and or grab your attention and ears in the same way that persona music does, for instance, just to kind of use an example of his other work. Whereas this is more subdued laid back, like the battle theme, like the beats per minute on that thing is pretty, pretty low, surprisingly low. Um, and things like that. I just, I just think, like, it just as uh, just as a singular package, uh, Digital Devil Saga One, it's just really well realized and put together, and I had a lot of fun with it, and um, eager to see where two kind of lands me, because I know cool. that because there's, there's there's definitely some stark differences, um, but uh, we'll talk about those next time. Because like I said, I've already started. I'll probably have finished it by the next time we podcast. So that'll be fun to come back to and, and, and revisit in a couple weeks. Awesome. These games yeah. always just kind of look cool. This is this, it seems like the PS2 era is where a lot of where Mega Ten really started. It, oh, it's definitely where like connected with Western audiences because it's when they started yeah. coming out. See, it's a weird here. thing for me. Is that like when Digital Devil Digital Devil Saga got brought here is when they mm-hmm. put the Shin Megami Tensei name on it. And I had mm-hmm. and I had no idea that by that point that Shin Megami Tensei had already kind of established that kind of clout here where like because see like I would have just put this out as Digital Devil Saga because uh Digimon was already kind of like a big thing and with a name like Digital Devil Saga, I think that like you're <laughs> gonna, you're going to get stocked kind of close to that Digimon name. <laughs> and I think that like it's just and I'm speaking just in terms from a marketing thing of course you know yeah. like just mm-hmm. kind of like thinking of like if I was a grease ball company person <laughs> how would I market this game and I wouldn't have put I wouldn't have put the big Japanese name at the start of it I would have mm-hmm. just called it I would have just called it digital devil saga and let people kind of make their own assumptions um but I wonder uh, if it's like because Final Fantasy kind of did the same thing with the first few games where like Final Fantasy Adventure and Final Fantasy Legend even though like that wasn't really a brand at that point. Mm. So I wonder if it's like Shin Mikami Tensei wasn't actually a thing yet, so they were trying to make it one by mm. having more games with the name on it. Mm. It just kind of seems similar to that, because like Final Fantasy wasn't really a thing here until yeah. the second game. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's definitely interesting uh, that... that Because, I mean, I was cognizant of Shin Mikami Tensei back then, but... Okay. I just didn't know that, like, you would, you know, bring over this new IP that is yeah. distinctly very, it's not named Shin Megami Tensei, but you'd kind of just put that name That's true, on is it. that adding the weird Japanese name is actually less accurate to yeah. what the original game was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's an interesting decision. It's a cool factor. <laughs> I suppose. Shin Megami Tensei. Sure, my turn, sure. Persona always had it. Uh, Persona? No, I don't. I don't think. I remember they added Shin Megami Tensei to Persona Fours. Like that wasn't true. Persona oh, Three, right? Okay. Persona Three and Four added Shin Megami Tensei, I believe. So this so was a that's... regular thing. So I think yeah, they're just trying to make that the kind of overarching brand. It seems like yeah. Mm. I remember a guy getting really mad at me on Twitter once because I said Persona <laughs> was a Shin Megami Tensei game. Okay, Megami Ibunroku Persona was the original game's name in, uh, in Japan. Interesting. 
interesting. It's a it's it's weird. Look, man, like these games pull from a lot of the same material, and I don't. <laughs> Whether they have the Shin Megami Tensei name or not, they always kind of will have it, given the fact that it's just. It, look, you're always pulling from the same <laughs> demon stock, okay? Dragon Slayer Six, uh, Legend of the Heroes, <laughs> <laughs> Trails in the Sky, and and Beepner has a point that like yeah, some Digital Devil Saga, you know, you it has a Shin Megami Tensei pantheon, and you literally fight the Demi Fiend from Nocturne, oh, uh, as a okay. secret boss, so. Which is literally one of their bullshit bosses where it's like, you know, grind to 99 and then the boss literally, like, if you go into the boss fight with anything that nulls or reflects any element, the boss instantly just kills you. What? That's, <laughs> that's how, bullshit. That's, that's how, like, Persona and Shin Megami Tensei have always done their super bosses where if you protect yourself fully from something, the boss notices that and then just kills you outright with an attack <laughs> that you can't protect against. Yeah, they just stupid. always bull like it's it, it's bullshit but it's bullshit there's tradition there's something cute about that almost. yeah like i admire that kind of bullshittery uh-huh but why doesn't the boss do that normally <laughs> why wouldn't every boss do that if the demi fiend can do it oh but yeah digital devil slog is good brett do you have anything else uh, i do have one more game that i'll quickly mention all right let's go over it uh, I played a game called Mo Astray. I saw you this playing is, this. Yeah, this is a pixel platformer-ish mm-hmm. game on Steam. It has overwhelmingly positive reviews. Yep, but it doesn't seem to have gotten a whole lot of traction. Yeah. So it's like you're in kind of this destroyed science facility, and you play as this little blob, and you can bounce around, and it's a it's a fairly difficult platformer. Right when I got it, they announced, like, oh, we've just added an easy mode. And, like, they did a weird thing where when the game came out, there was normal and easy. Mm-hmm. And they just renamed the old normal to... Oh! Um, <laughs> yeah, they they did a switcheroo. Like, That's pretty they funny. renamed the old easy to normal. Uh-huh. They made the old normal, like, veteran mode or something. And then they added a new, even easier mode. Oh, weird. So I played on veteran or adventurer or whatever it's called okay. like the original normal mode the hardest one mm-hmm. and it's it's a fairly challenging game i wouldn't put it anywhere near like meat boy or celeste or anything but it's a it's a platform and there are spikes and you will die particularly in the back half of the game mm-hmm. yeah and it's like horror so, horrors yeah i think a lot of people just maybe just had a hard time adjusting to i mean people are kind of bad at platformers in general but this is a kind of weird one where you're charging up jumps and kind of having to arc yourself in certain ways to make it around these obstacles. And then mm. a bit into the game, you get a double jump. So you can do another bounce in the air and it kind of pauses time for you. So you can line it up. Mm-hmm. That's neat. But I realized about a level or two into this game where I'm like, I'm just not feeling this as much as I wish I was. Mm. There's something about this game that just never fully grabbed me. Because I think a lot of it is that the story is just told really fragmented and like there's like comic book sections between the worlds that don't seem to matter at all. Mm-hmm. And like you come across like audio log, not audio logs, but like fragments of dialogue from characters and like that we're they're bad about putting actual character names to it. 
because they're all like kind of pieced together like what happened in these ruins so it's just i don't know and like the gameplay is good it's just very straightforward and like you've got a level and then each level will have its own gimmick and then after six levels you fight a boss and then rinse and repeat like there's just hmm? do you think that like given given how far this genre has come since super meat boy oh yeah mm -hmm. do you think that like because games like celeste exist now that it's just really fucking hard to impress with this kind of game i think it's really fucking hard to impress with this game one it's sort of like the Metroidvania thing where it's a little a little over overexposed, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well that's what the weird thing about this game is like something about it, just the art style and the vibe of the whole destroyed facility makes you think it's a Metroidvania, mm -hmm. and that's totally not. It's just a completely straight platformer. Mm -hmm. Except that there are a couple hidden areas you can <laughs> find, like be off the beaten path things that will give you a slight health upgrade. Mm-hmm. And then apparently, if you get all of those, there's a different ending, which I hate. Uh, so it's like, it's a... Gotta put that shit in there somewhere, I guess. I know. And then, so I got, like, the bad ending, which Man, was if like... Gonna make, if you're gonna make a fucking hidden ending or a true ending, make yeah. the requirements for it make fucking sense. Like, me collecting 100% of something, unless that uniquely ties into the ending in some narrative way, it's yeah. just arbitrary game shit that is getting in the way of what you're trying to say. Yeah, it 100% felt like arbitrary game shit in this one. But, like, just this... I just wish the story had worked for me on basically any level. Because, mm -hmm. uh -huh. like... Because, like, this game, even though it's a basic platform where you're playing as this little blob character, like, the game tries so hard to go big and dramatic at points towards the end. Mm -hmm. Like, do you remember the game EG? Yes. I, yep. I, I, like, <laughs> this, this reminded me of that, where, but it's like, you've got, like, ten times the production value, and you're just saying nothing to me, and that sucks. But, oh. that, game also, but that game also went real big at the end, mm -hmm. so it's like, experiencing that but like totally stone-faced and like mm, i could see a world in which this media resonates with me and it's just not right now and that sucks like that if it would have been so say 15 years ago yeah exactly where a game this game coming out like in 2000 even like seven or eight like right kind of before you know indies really started to blow up mm -hmm. like it would be like revelatory and now it's just like another one in the pile and yeah. that sucks yeah. yeah, God, it's just such production value, huh? Yeah, like that's, that's a ton of it, huh? It kind of is a lot of it. Like it made me think of how you've moaned about games that have like really pretty pixel art to like need gifts. <laughs> yeah, it's just like kind of busy to the point of detracting from visual clarity, I guess. Yeah. So it's like it looks very nice, but it has kind of no identity. And, like, I don't hate this game. I think it's fine. I think some of the bosses are maybe a little annoying because it's rather challenging. There's one boss at the end where you have to hit four points. And, like, it checkpoints you after two of them. But, like, four, two of the points are significantly harder to hit than other ones. Mm. So I did the two easy ones and then it checkpoints me. And then I'm trying to do the f second half of the fight. And I'm just like, I just can't get the thing I need to do into the other two points. So I just restarted the whole thing and then beat it my first try. Cause I'm like, cause the boss gets harder as it goes. Right. Right. 
So leaving the two harder points to hit to oh, the end right, yeah. is like you're really screwing yourself over. Because there's two right next to the boss and two on the other side of the room. Has Guess there, which ones are easier. Has there re- like, like Massocore platformer boss mm-hmm. design typically kind of like it yeah. is really 50-50. Because like all I, Super Meat Boy's bosses are bad. Um I was going to say this game's bosses remind me of Super Meat Boys, but better at least. <laughs> I think the first one is actually the worst, which is kind of wild. Maybe they just designed it first. Mm-hmm. I think because, like, you'd think it would be bad because, like, what, this is a game where because you're playing as this, this little blob, once you're in a jump, you're committed to it. Yeah. But then once you have that double jump so you can correct yourself once midair, like, it gets better. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not that the bosses are actually pretty good. The first one's kind of annoying because I think it is before you have that double jump and you die pretty easily. Like, mm-hmm. it's also not many one-hit kills. Mm. Like, you do actually have a life meter and can take some damage. And you mm. you regenerate health, which right. is nice. So, But, like, the mm. first boss, just, like, you do two hits and then the third hit is just a pain in the ass. And I just had to keep restarting to figure out what the fuck they wanted me to do. Because you have to jump in this, like, really specific way. But, yeah, boss design and platformers has kind of always been weird like even mario has struggled with that i just think that like specifically masso core platformers Mm -hmm. just due to the nature of everything almost always being one hit kills yeah yeah so i think this does mitigate a bit of that by not being always one hit kills that's good and and some of the bosses just straight up have checkpoints which helps a lot yeah like there's one boss i think it's the second one the first form took me like several minutes and then I'm like, and then I, um, it changes and I just immediately died and I'm like, ah, fuck. And then it checked on me. I was like, (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, you just saved me like an hour and probably quitting this game if I had to do, because I died like a whole bunch on the second form. Uh So it's like, if I had to do that first five minute fight, like 20 times in order to figure out what the fuck they wanted me to do for the second part, like I might've just given up there. So, like, they are smart about stuff like that. Or even, like, the second to final boss having a checkpoint in it. Very forgiving. And yeah. then the final boss does not have a checkpoint. Oh, <laughs> And I got right to the end and died. And it was like, oh, they probably... Oh, they didn't. Oh, not this time. <laughs> but it, that one was fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's totally fine to not have a checkpoint in your final boss. I mean, even you do Oh, it. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I think I think they do good checkpoints though when it's like, hey, the boss is about to throw a huge curveball at you and change forms. Like, hey, yeah, maybe probably a good idea. To... You've learned the first form. Let's let's learn the second form now. Yeah, but like, I don't know. This game, it's such production value, but I feel like I'm not sure it has a lot of heart, and that's such a weird thing to kind of quantify. That's kind of like the same way I felt about. Um... Uh, Gato Roboto is that it's just like oh, boy yeah. it's it's you made a video game you're doing yeah. you it's the, it's that yeah that's the vibe is like you started out and your goal was that you wanted to make a video game yeah I guess, and that can I'm be not, rough I don't know made, if this is that but yeah I see I don't think it's that where it's like this game goes so weirdly big at the end like kind of mm-hmm. comparing it to EG or like the true final boss of Hollow Knight is another reference point that. Like it's it's very similar to that where it's just it feels going, like it's going for that. It's going bizarrely huge for mm-hmm. how s- kind of small scale things had been up to that point. Right. And when that stuff doesn't land, it feels really awkward. Because that's my jam. Yeah, that's all of our that, jam. 
but like that's specifically my jam like yeah fair you know? <laughs> john i need to show you a screenshot of the final boss of this game you'll be like what okay we'll do the yeah. one of the top one of the top steam reviews is that it play it looks it feels like a more polished flash game <laughs> what boy that's is it, it a man it was, it was like the one negative review I saw. I was going to say. Everyone like, seems to really jam with this. Yeah, like, I I think that's maybe part of it is that this game has unbelievably good It's 1,100 reviews. reviews, overwhelmingly positive. 96 uh, of the 1,162, I guess that's not that many, but like, this felt like it went really under the radar. So like, mm-hmm. something to have 1,000 positive reviews is like... Yeah, a thousand it's, plus is big. Like that's yeah. a substantial win for any game on Steam. I think. Yeah. Any indie game on I Steam. Mean, well, like, I, I don't know sleep. if it's like I don't know if it's this will fund us for another two years, but it's yeah. it's proportionally a, a big mean, response. Just for comparison, Celeste has fourteen thousand reviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's and that's like the mega success. I'm thinking yeah. in terms of like I know. Yeah. There's. There's so many levels of success on Steam now at this point. Man, Katana Zero has 16,800. That's more than Celeste. God, it's so weird. (laughs) Yeah, because I heard significantly less about Katana Zero. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing where I kind of want to be interested in that because that's by the Tower of Heaven people. Yeah, that's why I'm mentioning that one is because they did Flash games back in the day. Yeah, they did did Massacre Flash games back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then they went silent for like 10 years and then make this unbelievably popular indie yep. game. Remember pause ahead. They made that after they made that after um, tower yeah. of heaven and it has yeah. a bad final boss. Oh, I don't know if I ever finished that. I don't think I did. <gasps> it has a very bad, it has a very dramatic, very cool, very bad final boss where you, you die in one hit. So it's rough. Mm. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh, Beepner finished it. Nice. Cool. So yeah, M- M.O. Stray is good. It's just, I think it's really just the story stuff completely falling flat for me. Like, there's a major character who I didn't know the name of until after beating the game. That just kind of seems like a mistake, you know, for, if you want me to connect to these characters. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. like you need to be communicating details. Anything. Literally yeah, anything. anything. <laughs> yeah, okay, anything. Yeah. Especially if you're going for that big catharsis, big mega yeah. catharsis ending. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. I, I feel kind of weird dunking on it because it was a gift for Christmas. From mm-hmm. I think Gash sent it to me. Aw. And this is the worst. It's like when you yeah. have to dunk on something somebody sent you. It's like, man. <laughs> I'm in, a, in a weird I way, want... just like, yeah. I sometimes just avoid talking about them. Yeah. <laughs> We have to we have to dig into the the dark feelings here in the socks cast. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yep, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do the dirty work. Yep. So I'm I'm not even saying like don't ever check this game. I'm just saying like maybe keep your expectations a little in check. Like, mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a podcast. That I think so. Sounds like a podcast to me. Hey, hopefully, Podcast. hopefully by the next time we're all together. We'll have thought about how we're going to do this damn Game of the Decade <laughs> thing. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I know we're doing an Anime of the Decade thing, too. And I don't know which we're doing first now, because Rhett's over here watching 800 hours of anime in a week, and I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's so I, much I, anime, Rhett. I literally haven't played games since this since MOS Stray, though. Yeah, like, that's just okay. insane. 
Sort of like how you did play an entire RPG this month, this week. That's a good point. That is a good point. It, yeah. I literally, I started it Friday and finished it like Tuesday. <laughs> Gee, I couldn't believe the speed you went through that game. I just fucking tore through it. And like that yeah, Saturday think... was literally, tw- like the Saturday after I started it was literally like a 12 hour binge. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. When you binge stuff, you actually get through it very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Weird, huh? But yeah, we'll try and get all that shit figured out. We'll let you know. You know, always be on the lookout for an announcement on the main page if you don't hear it here. So, one way or another, we'll get all that shit sorted out uh, soon. So, of Ooh. course, thanks everybody for coming out. Thank you for the bits uh, and uh, the subs. Always appreciated. Uh, you know, never required, but always appreciated. John Thire, where can our internet friends find you? Farawaytimes.itch.io and Rhett, where can internet pals find you? My dumb website that I'm never going to update again. You're never fucking update. I, I've been thinking about like doing a final post that's like the end, and it's like I don't want to actually write that. That hurts too much. It hurts. Oh. It's, like, it's literally the end of an era if you do that. You're literally closing the book. It's just like I'm probably not making games anymore. I'm sorry. Bye. Here's oh. a link to here's a link to Poly Dungeon. I guess that just means the three of us are going to have to make games together now. Oh, there yeah. you go. Cool. It'd be a hell of a lot easier. That's three people. <laughs> there you go. I, I mean, me and John that. did it with two people, and we can attest to the fact that, hey, guess what? Having somebody else there, turns out making a game can be a hell of a lot easier Aww. if someone's there mm-hmm. helping you. <laughs> yes, it's very nice. Oh, mm-hmm. but anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. So remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. And the fart came in right at the end. Perfect. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>